Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. All right, good afternoon, all. This is the Frank Report. I'm your host, Francis Stephan. You're listening right here on American Voice Radio Network. It is the 16th of February, 2015. I was reading, would not have known this, but I guess this is President's Day. I guess all the um, banks and government all closed today. Uh, 
So I guess if you're a government worker, hey, another, yes, in fact, it is Washington's birthday, which is now called. Anyway, so it's a day off for all government workers, all, um, you know, corporate people. But I don't think, uh, you know, uh, anybody else is getting a day off, really, to tell you the truth. Of government day off. Yay, another holiday for government workers. That's what they need is more days off and more pay and more benefits. And you need less, folks, so you need this extra day to get out there and work. You know, I've got a joke here. Joe, I've got a joke for President's Day. So there's this granddad, okay? He's asking his grandkid. So, do you know uh, what President's Day is about? Yep, I sure do. And the granddad says, really? Well, why don't you tell me about what what is President's Day about? And the kid looks at his grandpa and he says, well, that's the day the president comes out of the White House, and if he sees his shadow, it's another year of BS. Bada bing, huh? Anyway, I think that's uh, that's pretty close, I'd say. Uh, <laughs> and obviously, you know, saw his shadow again. Anyhow, uh, it is the 16th. It is Monday, and it's about 10 minutes after noon out here in the Pacific. That's all true where you're at. We are, in fact, live. And if we are live, the difference between live and Memorex is the fact that you can participate in the show when we're live, and you can do that by going to theamericanvoice.com or americanradio.com. Find the chat link, click on that, and you'll go in there, and see the instructions, follow them, and you'll be in. Or you can ask questions, make comments, you don't have to. You can just chat with the other folks or not. You don't even have to chat with the other folks. If you don't want to, you don't have to. But it's there for you. It is open 24 hours a day, seven days a week. You don't have to just wait for a show to be on. There's usually somebody in there all hours of the day and night. True. Anyway, you can also call in. We have a new call-in number. It's, uh, well, it's getting to be not so new. Huh, well, hey, there. see, there's somebody in the chat room who says they are a government worker, and they are, in fact, working today. Wow. Well. How could that be? But anyway, so that's good to hear. Anyway, uh, where was I? Oh, yes, the new... Well, not so new anymore. How long is a new number actually new? I figure a new number is new until you can't, you know. I think I've got this one memorized, so I'm not so sure it's new anymore. But we'll call it new anyway because many of you may not have it memorized. It's 855-566-3738. 855-566-3738. You know, I figured out that that's actually a pretty easy number to memorize. 
Anyhow, so you can call that. It is toll-free, folks. Uh, even though it's 855, it's toll-free. If you have a landline, and if you don't have unlimited, uh, you know, long distance, then that'll mean something to you. But, of course, if you have a cell phone, if you have unlimited long distance, you know, it really doesn't matter if it's toll-free or not. It doesn't now. Toll-free used to mean a lot more back in the day. But we still make it available for those of you that, you know, do have a landline and are paying by the minute or whatever. And you can participate in the show that way. Anyhow. So. It is. Okay. All right. Uh, let's get to I've got a bunch of stuff. Even though it's President's Day, it's, uh, you know, the... I could tell you about it. Well, how about I do this one first? I've got this one open. And it's kind of good news. How's this for a headline? The vaccine hoax is over. Hmm? Pretty good. What does that mean? Documents from the UK reveal 30-year cover-up. Uh, Let's see. Andrew Baker filed the Freedom of Information Act in the U.K., filed by a doctor there, has revealed 30 years of secret official documents showing the government experts have, now pay attention, that government experts have, one, known the vaccines don't work, two, known they cause the diseases they are supposed to prevent, three, known they are hazard to children, four, colluded to lie to the public, and five, worked to prevent safety studies. Now, folks, you might say, yeah, well, that's the U.K. No, these are the same vaccines that are being mandated for children in the United States, and the hysteria that's uh, going around now, you know, they want to make it no exceptions. Educated parents can either get their children out of harm's way or continue living inside one of the largest, most evil lies in history. That vaccines full of heavy metals, viral diseases, mycoplasma, fecal material, DNA fragments from other species, formaldehyde, uh, polysorbate 80, which is a sterilizing agent, are a miracle of modern medicine. Um, Freedom of Information Act filed in the U.S. with the CDC by a doctor with an autistic son seeking information on what the CDC knows about the dangers of vaccines had by law to be responded to in 20 days. Nearly seven years later, the doctor went to court and the CDC argued it does not have to turn over documents. A judge ordered the CDC to turn over the documents on September 30th, uh, 2011. On October 26, 2011, a Denver Post editorial expressed shock 
that the Obama administration, after promising to be especially transparent, was proposing changes to the Freedom of Information Act that would allow it to go beyond declaring some documents secret and to actually allow government agencies, such as the CDC, to declare some documents non-existent. So in other words, they can lie. You know, they can lie. They can, oh yeah, we have it, but we're just going to say it's non-existent, and uh, that's good. Simultaneous to this ongoing massive CDC cover-up involving its primary health, not recommended uh, recommendation, by, but mandate for American children, the CDC is in deep trouble over its decades of covering up the damaging effects of fluoride and affecting the lives of all Americans, especially children and the immune compromised. Lawsuits are being prepared. Children are ingesting three to four times more fluoride by body weight as adults. Uh, the sheer number of potential harm citizens, person with dental sclerosis, kidney patients, tipped into needing dialysis, diabetics, thyroid patients, etc., numbers in the millions. The CDC is obviously acting against the health of the American people, but the threat to the lives of the American people posed by the CDC's behavior does not stop there. It participated in a designed pandemic laws that are on the books in every state in the U.S., which arrange for the government to use military to force unknown, untested vaccine drugs, chemicals, and medical treatments on the entire country if it declares a pandemic emergency. I've told you about this, folks. The, uh, you know, they call it the anti-bioterrorism laws, except, uh, you know, they're not bioterrorism. They're anything, just like anything they do. The CDC's credibility in declaring such a pandemic emergency is non-existent. Again, based on a Freedom of Information Act, for in 2009, after the CDC had declared the H1N1 pandemic, the CDC refused to respond to Freedom of Information Act by CD, uh, CBS News. And the CD also, uh, CDC also attempted to block their investigation. What the CDC was hiding was in part in one of the largest medical scandals in history, putting out widely exaggerated data on what is claimed were H1N1 cases and by doing so, creating the false impression of a pandemic in the United States. You know, just like measles, folks. Oh, my God, there's a measles outbreak. By golly, there's almost 150 people who have measles in the United States. Did you hear that? Almost 150 people. Oh, my gosh, the sky is falling. Everybody run out and get your, get your poison stuck into you because there is Almost 150 people got measles. Oh, wait a minute. Uh, hey, there's like 350 million people in this country. Wow. Hey, you know, uh, under 150 people doesn't seem all that bad. Doesn't seem like an outbreak to me, does it to you? Oh, but hey. If we go by what the news has said, oh, my, it's horrible. It's terrible. We're all in danger. We have to change the laws. No more no more outs for anybody. Everybody must take their poison or else. Or else, well, I guess the or else is or else there's going to be a shootout. 
because I take anybody coming at me with a metal needle full of poison to stick in me, I consider that a serious threat to my life. And I will defend myself against them with extreme prejudice. And I suggest you all do too. He was also covering up a financial scandal to rival the bailout since the vaccines for for the false pandemic cost the United States billions. And worse, the CDC put pregnant women first in line for an untested vaccine with a sterilizing agent, polysorbate 80, in it. Thanks to the CDC, the number of vaccine-related fetal demise reports increased by 2,440 percent in 2009 compared to the previous year. My, my. Uh, That sounds like more than 150 people. 2,440 percent. With even uh, more shocking than the miscarriage statistic, which went up 700 percent. The exposure of the vet, you see why I think, uh, I'll be honest with you folks, you see huge percentages. I think the number of vaccine-related fetal demise reports increased by 2,440% is because they probably didn't have all that many to begin with, and then they increased sharply. That's why the big number. But miscarriages happen more often. You see, miscarriages happen more often, but that went up 700%. Oh, but it has nothing to do with the poison we shot into you. Oh, no. Of course not. The exposure of the vaccine hoax (laughs) was I? Now I lost my spot here. This uh, article is very uh, the exposure of the vaccine hoax is running neck and neck with the much older hoax of the deadly 1918 flu. It was aspirin that killed people in 1918. Greatest industrial catastrophe in human history with 20 to 50 million people dying, but it was blamed on a flu. The beginning of the drug industry began with that success, and Monsanto was part of it. The flu myth was used by George Bush to threaten the world with another pandemic flu that could kill millions, a terror tactic to get pandemic laws on the books in every state and worldwide. Then the CDC used hoax of the pandemic hoax to create terror over H1N1 and to push deadly vaccines on the public, killing thousands of unborn children and others. CDC will not release the data and continues to push the same vaccine. Well, I don't, uh, I, I don't buy that aspirin was the only culprit in the uh, Spanish flu of 1918. I'm sure it had something to do with it. Because, you know, that was kind of a hemorrhagic uh, sort of thing, you know, lungs anyway. And uh, to take aspirin 
would exasperate that uh, exasperate. But plus, it's a it's a coal tar product, which. But you know, there were a lot of other things involved. Why did it spread so you know so virulently throughout the world? Why was it so deadly? It didn't start out that way. Well, there's been a lot of work done by microbiologists. Mustard gas is something that is banned. They don't use it anymore, folks. They don't use it anywhere. Yeah, they'll use CS gas on their own people, but that's even banned in war. Did you know that? Did you know that the United States government would be committing a war crime if they used CS gas on an enemy combatant on the battlefield, but it's okay to use CS gas on the streets of America? That's right, to quell any disturbances you rowdy people out there might uh, get get yourselves into. Nice, huh? Yeah, a war crime to be used on the battlefield, but it's okay to be used against you. That's CS gas. But you know what? Mustard gas, they don't use anywhere. Why do you figure that is? Because it's just so horrible and they're nice guys and they don't want to see anybody suffer? Yeah, that's it. Not. You know why they don't use mustard gas, folks? They ban mustard gas because mustard gas is a mutagen, meaning it causes things to mutate. What did they use in the trenches in World War One? Mustard gas. When was World War One going on? 1918. That's right. The flu didn't start out as deadly as it was until these boys started coming home from the war. And all through Europe, too. Do you realize that World War One did not end because, you know... Somebody won and somebody lost and they fought, you know, to to that end. No. World War One actually ended because both sides were running out of soldiers. Because they were all dying from the flu. Wrap your head around that for a little bit. Then ask yourself, gee, golly, I wonder if the powers that be would be so maniacal, psychopathic, to release such an agent to kill so many millions of people just to get their way. I wonder if they would be that bad, do you think? Uh, yeah. I think so. But then again, you know, they would never release any documents that would say that. But that's what happened. They ran out of soldiers, so they had to call off the war. You know, in the United States, well, because we started pumping in our soldiers. Now, doesn't this seem a little coincidental to you? Here's Germany and France. Fighting World War One, basically. And then, uh-oh, they all start dying. But then what? Here comes the United States with the Doughboys, with tons and tons of more soldiers. 
just their presence. Germany didn't have anybody to tap into to send cannon fodder for them. But somehow England did. Somehow our government decided to sacrifice our people so England could win. Nice, huh? it's all just one big coincidence. I'm sure they would never do a thing like that, would they now? Folks, you know, this is the whole problem. Everybody looks at how bad the country is, how bad Washington, D.C. is. Oh, my gosh, this must be the end of time because these people are so terrible. They're so awful. They're so corrupt. Folks, they've always been this way. But you see now, because it's the information age, we get to know about it. Well, we get to know about a lot more of it than we knew. And we get to know about history, although nobody seems to be very concerned about that. Because if they were, they would be able to see, okay, this is what they've done. You can count on them doing it again because they really, really don't have any original thought going on in their little heads, okay? They just keep doing the same things over and over and over again. And why? Well, it works. Well, we're going to take a break, and we'll be back. I'll play this song uh, dedicated to the... uh Down the highway doing 79. I'm a twin pipe popper and I'm feeling fine. Hey man, dig that. Was that a red stop sign? Transfusion, transfusion. I'm just a solid mess of contusions. Never, never, never gonna speed again. Slip the blood to me, bud. I jump in my rod about a quarter to nine. I gotta make a date with that chick of mine. I cross the center line. Man, you gotta make time. Transfusion, oh man, I got the cotton picking convolutions. I'm never, never, never gonna speed again. Shoot the juice to me, Bruce. My foot's on the throttle and it's made of lead, but I'm a fast riding daddy with a real cool head. I'm a gonna pass a truck on the hill ahead. Transfusion, transfusion, my red corpse suckles are in mass confusion. Never, never, never gonna speed again. Pour the crimson in me, Jimson. I took a little drink and I'm a feeling right. I can fly right over everything, everything in sight. There's a slow poking cat, I'm gonna pass him on the right. Transfusion, I'm a real gone pale face, and that's no illusion. I'm a never, never, never gonna speed again. Pass the claret to me, Barrett. A rolling down the mountain on a rainy day. Oh, when you see me coming, better start to pray. I'm a cutting up the road and I'm the boss all the way. Transfusion, oh doc, pardon me for this crazy intrusion. I'm never, never, never gonna speed again. Pump the fluid in me, Louis. I'm burning up the freeway early this morning. I'm a passing everybody. Oh, nothing but corn, man. Out of my way. I don't drive with my horn. Transfusion, oh nurse, I'm gonna make a new resolution. I'm never, never, never gonna speed again. Put a gallon in the Allen. Oh, barnyard drivers are found in two classes, line crowding hogs and speeding jackasses. So remember to slow down today. 
have shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific. things in this world are more important than clean, pure water. Understanding this, ABR makes four tabletop water distillers available to you for purchase. First, we have the five and a half hour per gallon with polycarbonate collection jug for $139. The second is a five and a half hour per gallon with glass collection jug for $189. The third is a three and a half hour per gallon with polycarbonate collection jug for $189. And our premier tabletop distiller is a three and a half hour per gallon with glass collection jug for $250. All our distillers have a stainless steel boiling pot, dome, and cooling tubes. And the premier version also has a splash flap to protect against contamination of the cooling tubes. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com for more information and protect your water supply. Countries have denied Internet access for their people during civil strife. The FCC seized in-use commercial shortwave frequencies right after the September 11th attacks. No one communication system can be dependent on to be there when you need information. You need choices. You need a KU band free-to-air satellite system from ABR. The ABR system includes a receiver, an LNB, and a 75-centimeter dish. All you need to get on your own is the coaxial cable. The system is delivered to your door for $149.99. That's right, delivered for $149.99. That's the shipping and the system, $149.99. Call 541-225-4659. That's 541-225-4659. Or visit AmericanVoiceRadio.com and click the satellite system. Walking blue. 
doesn't seem like February 16th, but that's okay. I'll take it. Anyway, go to theamericanvoice.com or americanvoiceradio.com. Get up the chat room. You'll see the link. You can participate in the show or just chat with the other folks in there that are in. Anyway. Oh, okay, yeah, that's right. That first song there was uh, called Transfusion. I'm sure you've all heard it. Anybody out there who used to listen to Dr. Demento? Well, that's from my uh, Dr. Demento file. Uh, done by Nervous Norbus. Anyway, the second there is the celebrated walking blues, and that was, well, we had a guest on that. It's not Muddy Waters, it's Taj Mahal. So there you have it, there it is. Yep, and somebody says you guys will pay with a heat wave this summer. I hope not, but that's probably true. Uh, we have had some brutal summers out this way, and it's hot. Hey, you got to just take what you get and uh, be happy with it. All right, where are we? You know, uh, there's the uh, vaccine thing that I went into now. You know, there's mounting evidence, folks. Mounting evidence that vaccines, that they are not helpful and they are harmful. Just like there's evidence mounting that uh, global warming is just a bunch of BS, okay? Computer models manipulated by eggheads who say, well, you know, the figures don't lie, and this is the uh, data, and uh, (laughs) yeah, okay. All lies. But here in Oregon, speaking of lies, now on Friday I had mentioned that, hey, our governor looks like he might be uh, in trouble. Well, he is. He uh, resigned shortly after I did my show. Uh, If I would have done a nighttime show, I would have been able to tell you, yes, he in fact did resign. Uh, They've got some ethics problems, which is not surprising seeing as how Kids liar was, uh, you know, this guy, he wasn't any good the first couple of times. I mean, they like to sing his praise because he's a communist, you know, just like most of them up there in Salem are. But, you know, he was always a crook, and now he got caught. No fool like an old fool, I say. Yeah, he's uh, 60-something years old, and he's got this little concubine that's like, you know, more than half his age, and... Uh, yeah, she's got some uh, issues. Like, for instance, she married an African. So the African could become, uh, you know, a citizen. Oh, she was paid for that. Yeah, five grand. He paid her five grand to marry him so he could come into the country and become get a green card because he was married to her. Uh, that's a crime. And it's clearly a crime, and she admits to the crime, and why isn't she going to go to jail? Oh, well, because of the statute of limitations, don't you know? Uh-huh. What does that make you? Married? Why, married, doesn't that mean there's sex involved? And if somebody paid you for that, doesn't that make you a prostitute? 
I don't know. If not, well, then uh, there's a lot of people being charged with prostitution out there that are getting a bum rap. But that ain't all she did, okay? If that was all, you could say, well, you know, maybe she was just a young communist uh, who's trying to help some poor, underprivileged African become a, a, you know, live in the United States because that's what we need here. But that ain't all. No, 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 no. Say environmental consultant. <laughs> yeah, you know what that means? It means she gets lots of money from environmental groups to go talk to the governor while you're laying in bed with him. She also got to be a political advisor. And here's the good news. They're not going to escape potential prosecution for public corruption because, of course, little Sylvia Hayes, who is, uh, you know, Kitzhaber's concubine, says that uh, she had no formal government role. Therefore, you know, the ethics doesn't matter to her. I can do what I want because I wasn't paid. Well, the Justice Department concluded in an order last week that, in fact, even though she was unpaid, she acted as a policy advisor to Kitzhaber with authority over state employees. Maintained she isn't a public official and that Oregon Government Ethics Commission has no authority over her. I'll do whatever I damn well please, and you can't do a thing about it. See, this was her idea. She figured she was smarter. She figured that, oh, well, seeing as how I'm not getting paid, I can do what I want. The significance of the Justice Department's order is that she faced not only punishment for civil ethics violations, but prosecution for official misconduct, the state's primary public corruption statute. The crime is a misdemeanor only, but it's punishable by up to a year in jail. Boy, do I hope she goes to jail. The legal risks for her and Kitzhaber, because, see, even though they say she's the first lady, they're not married, okay? They're not married. Became even more stark with Friday's disclosure that the FBI has opened a sweeping investigation. It's been peddling influence from the governor's bed is what it comes down to, folks. No fool like an old fool. The FBI, you know, I just wonder uh, if she's, you know, who does she really work for? Is she really just an environmental, uh, or does she work for some foreign entity? The FBI and the U.S. Attorney's Office wouldn't comment on the investigation, though the FBI said public corruption cases are its top priority. Public officials elsewhere have been convicted in federal court for not providing honest services to the government, typically by taking bribes or other benefits. So far, no one has alleged that Kitzhaber or his concubine has engaged in the scale of public corruption evident in other federal prosecutions. Kitzhaber asserted in his resignation statement that he had done nothing illegal. Ah, nothing illegal. I wonder if that means nothing wrong either. His concubine hasn't responded to voicemail messages or written uh, questions sent to her private email accounts. 
ethics review now on hold, and the investigation have at their foundation the concubine's private consulting work. She has been paid at least $213,000 since Kitzhaber took office, and while she was acting as a policy advisor. The federal honest services law most recently got attention because it was used to convict Robert McDonald, former Virginia governor. McDonald and his wife took loans, gifts, and other benefits from a Virginia businessman. The penalty for that crime is up to 20 years in prison and a 250000 fine for each count. McDonald was sentenced last month to two years in prison. Folks, you and I would have got, you know, 20. A formal uh, Rand- Randall Ellison, a former federal prosecutor, is who is a professor at George Washington University Law School, closely follows public corruption cases such as the McDonald case. He finds the Kitzhaber concubine situation very interesting, a very unusual kind of case. He said there would be nothing wrong with a company hiring a friend of Kitzhaber's to lobby him. But the concubine's dual roles put the Oregon circumstance in a unique light. What makes it really strange is this sort of unofficial government position that she has been given. Yeah, uh, yeah, you're, uh, you're in charge, but we're not paying you, so everything will be fine. The Justice Department parsed that role in its order last week. The agency did so in granting a petition from the Oregonian, Oregon Live, seeking disclosure of the concubine's state-related emails. Concubine objected to the disclosure, asserting the emails were her private business. She said she wasn't a public official subject to either the public records law or ethics law. Wow. Is this is this a cool chick or what? Yeah, I don't have I, I don't have to have ethics. I don't have to let you know what's going on. I'm sleeping with the governor. He does what I say because he's an old fool who wants some. Hey, let's check the old man's prescription for Viagra. Why don't we see that? Why don't we get that in the public records and see what was really going on here? In an attempt to shield the concubine from those laws, her attorney, Whitney Boise, maintained in a submission to the Justice Department that the concubine was never a part of the state government. He said her activities as First Lady were strictly honorary. Really? What does that mean? She is not performing a governmental function or exercising responsibility on behalf of the government, he wrote. The Justice Department concluded otherwise. The concubine's involvement in high-level policy matters appears to have been far broader and she appears to have had widespread interactions with various state agencies, the state said in its order. She appeared to wield significant authority over government employees. Boise argued that the compumine did not hold an appointed position. He said the law only allowed the governor to put people in roles authorized by law or the Constitution. Oh, so we have another crime, do we? We have an unauthorized prostitute running around the state capitol ordering state employees around because I'm the governor's squeeze? Really? That's your argument? 
The Justice Department said that wasn't so, noting that policy advisors hired by Kistopper hold jobs that require no specific legal The governor's office employs numerous policy advisors and senior policy advisors who perform functions similar to the relevant functions performed by the concubine. The agency's finding untested so far in court indicates she had a legal duty to avoid using her public position for personal gain was receiving outside contract payments for work on the same issues for which she was functioning as Kistaber's policy advisor. So, looks like there's trouble here, but there might be other trouble because you know, the trouble with this is that now we have a lesbian governor here in Oregon, and the problem with this is that I'm sure there's plenty of nasty dirt on her, too, and Kistopper's been around for a long time. So I'm wondering how long is it going to be until the lesbian governor just simply pardons the concubine and her old fool? How long until that? Because if that happens, the people of Oregon should stand up and say, you know what? You have lost any authority to be governor. But going to be a tough road road to hoe because here in Oregon, you know, the five counties surrounding the capital up there are all communist bastions of depravity, you know, really. Now, here's something interesting. Democrats seek relief from health law penalties. Oh, guess what? All the little Democrats in the uh, Congress that voted for Obamacare and said, oh, it's going to be so wonderful, it's going to be so great, you're really going to love this. We haven't read it, but people tell us it's really good. You know, the people from the insurance companies, they told us it's really, really good, and you're really going to love it. So this is really great. Now, oh, wait a minute. Like Sandra Levin the ranking Democrat on the Ways and Means Committee, and Jim McDermott of Washington and Lloyd Doggett of Texas. Oh, yeah, they all worked to help steer Obama's law through the congressional debate. How do you have a debate on something you haven't even read? Huh? I mean, really, honestly, how do you debate something you haven't even read? But now they're concerned that many of their constituents will find out about the penalties after it's already too late for them to sign up for coverage. Yeah, because it's already too late. If you're finding out about it now, it's too late. The deadline was Sunday. You're going to pay more penalties. Oh, but you know what? The Democrats don't want this. You know why? Because, see, next year when it hits, uh uh-oh, that's going to be close to election time. And, uh uh-oh, people are going to know who to blame. That's right. What this is, is the Democrats not only trying to save their own selves, they're trying to save this hideous law, okay? Because once people find out how bad it really is, they're going to want it out. Now, the Republicans are dragging their feet along, going, oh, well, you know, we can't do this, we can't do that, blah, 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 blah. We promised we would, but... Well, you know, things are difficult and yada, 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 yada. Oh, really? You mean you lied again? Is that what you're telling me? You lied again? I can believe that. 
And the Democrats, you know, they just want to keep it. They are they are out there just plugging away for this thing. Why? Why? I'll tell you why. Because they all get paid from the same trough. That's why. They get their money from the insurance companies. Well, they don't get all their money from the insurance companies. They're paid off by every corporation in America. But the bottom line is the insurance companies paid them big money to get this law passed. And, gee, why not? Look how well mandatory car insurance worked out for the insurance companies. Hey, anybody driving a car, you've got to do business with one of them. Oh, well, now health care, if you're alive, you've got to do business with one of them. Folks, this law is unconstitutional on its face because they are requiring people to do to buy something based on the fact that they are alive, not based on their actions, okay? It's one thing to tax actions. It's another thing to tax you because you're alive. That's what this amounts to. Now, how many times have the U.S. government got caught doing something that they first blamed on somebody else? Right? Like, let's take the shooting down of that airplane over the Ukraine. Oh, Russia did that. Russia did that. Russia did that. Well, Russia didn't do that. The U.S.-Ukrainian forces did that with U.S. missiles. That's who did that. And it's clear. That's why it got wiped off the front page of the United States, uh, you know, uh, media. Because, oh, 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 all that information's coming out. Oh, proof. Let's move on. Dancing with the stars. Yes, who's winning? That's what we need to do. Oh, no, stupid ball. Yeah, uh, deflated balls. Yeah, that's it. Let's talk about that for a while instead. Well, now here we go again. Can Russia control the weather? Climate researcher says CIA fears hostile nations are triggering floods and droughts. Oh, really? Well, guess who that hostile nation is, folks. That hostile nation is the United States government. That's who the hostile nation is. They've been screwing with the weather for years and years and years. And now... Because cat's getting out of the bag that somebody's messing with the weather. They're pointing a finger at Russia. It must be Russia. They're doing it. They're doing it. They're doing it. Oh, really? Well, hey, that whole thing, one finger pointing, five fingers pointing back at you. You want to blame somebody for screwing with the weather? Look to the United States government. That's who's doing it. That's who's been doing it. Unbelievable. They are pathetic. It just makes Americans buy their lies. Because you got your your talking heads out there, like Hannity and uh, what's that other creep? Oh, oh, O'Reilly and Rush Limbaugh. Man, oh man, these guys are out there pushing this stuff, and you're buying it. You better wake up, man, or else by the time you do wake up, it's gonna be too late. Anyway, get prepared. I'll be back again tonight. Coming up next is Financial Survival. As always, thanks for listening.
American Voice Radio Network is heard on Galaxy 19, 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. Prices have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971, when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family. Ninety-four, 
And the USDX today was trading down slightly, 0.09 at 94.13. Crude oil back up over uh, uh, 50 by a ways, 1.37 to the upside, 52.58. And the paper markets today, I know a lot of these markets hit their highs. Uh, it's official, new record for the S&P 500. And uh, the Dow rose over 46 points to close above the 18,000 level. And you have the NASDAQ at a 15-year high. So bring out your pom-poms and say a cheer. And if you're making profits, you better sell and get it while you can. It would be a great time to offset some of that paper investments that you're making. Take a little profit off the table, folks. That's how you increase your investments. And um, so let's go ahead and see exactly uh, where we're at on the markets. They just changed. I mentioned this last week where they changed my whole design of the website, and it's even worse today than it was then. The Dow up 46 points at 18,019 on the close. The NASDAQ up 36 at 4893. The S&P up 8 at 2,096. Two-year yield, of course, with these numbers are up 2.02%, uh, up 0.04. And I really would think with all these high levels on the, on the paper market, the 10-year would have risen a little bit higher, but uh, um, it didn't. But it's still at 2.02%. And the euro is 1.14, so a little bit of strength in that euro. Um, not a lot, but it's up. And um, foreign markets overnight were all pretty much positive. Japan was down a little bit. Hong Kong was up over, uh, the Hang Seng was up over 1%. And uh, both the FTSE and Germany was higher. And I guess now since uh, uh, Draghi is putting in all those, um, all that stimulus into Europe, I saw a report earlier today that, uh, hey, Europe is turning around. <laughs> and it's just like, you know, do people really believe all this stuff? Yep. I mean, yep. is it some, yeah, I know they do, but it's really, I mean. What can I tell you? I mean, do they really believe it or they believe it because this is what they, this, their living that they make? I don't they have It's to. not so much that people like, believe it, they don't even care. They don't really, I, guess they I think that's part of it. I think I think part of the problem we have is that people have, at least some people, we've heard that the government is supplying false numbers, economic indicators. All right. After a while, you get to a point where, <laughs> what does it mean? You know, it's like dealing with you're dealing with a pathological liar. And what are they going to give you today? And, oh, oh, the government said, you know, the unemployment rate was such and such, or that the CPI was some, oh, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll believe that. You know, I, I don't know. Sometimes you can't blame people for going back to dancing with the stars. You know, at least something semi-honest takes place there. People dance, they don't dance. You know, they do well, they don't do well. You can see something that's real there. Even if it's frivolous, you can see something that's real. And for a lot of people, I think that's, you know, maybe a good thing. Maybe like that. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. We don't know. Dancing with the stars or the walking dead, pick your choice, or sports. I guess, it's, you know, they do have to escape, and it is a way of not having to come to terms with what's really going on. And, uh 
as long as it doesn't invade their private little life, although they don't realize every day it, it invades their life. They just... Yeah, but the thing, the people, every, every one of us still has a fundamental problem. And some of us try to stay informed. For example, we're obligated to try to do so as part of doing this program. But you wonder, you know, how do you know for sure if you're getting straight information anymore? It's very difficult. It's the sort of thing where you sit back and, uh, I don't know, maybe it's, it's frustrating, it's bewildering, it's one of those things where you wish someone would treat you like an adult. You know, we get this. We get that scene from uh, I don't remember Tom Cruise movie and General or Colonel, whatever his name was. And he said, "The truth, you can't handle the truth." You know, maybe we can. What would be so bad? Let's try. Let's try. How about that, Mr. Obama? How about you tell us the truth once in a while? Not just once in a while. How about you tell us the truth all the time? And forget this business about people might panic or people can't handle the truth. Maybe we can handle the truth. And maybe what we can't handle is persistent liars. Maybe that's the real problem. The lies, you can't handle the lies. In the final analysis, that may be the truth of the matter. And that's where we're headed. That's the problem from my perspective, at least. We've been fed so many lies that we're off course. We are like a ship headed for an iceberg. We're supposed to be getting away from the iceberg. We're going at the iceberg, and the captain is assuring us that, you know, we'll be able to swim alongside the ship here in just a little while. Put on your bathing suit. It won't be cold or whatever. We'll go water skiing, maybe. Maybe it's the lies that we can't handle because sooner or later they will come back to bite us and bite us big time. So. And, you know, what people, you know, People mention to me, you know, when you're trying to, you know, talk about the markets and so forth, and they say you can't deny the fact that, you know, here you have 18,000 on the Dow record for the S&P. The NASDAQ is almost back to 5,000. But yet they don't understand the reality of it all and what really made that rise. It wasn't for good fundamental reasons. I'd love to – hey, I would love to be able to buy into a paper investment and live off the dividends and have money in the bank and get, you know, a nice return interest so, you know, your money is safe and, and, and you know, when you're ready to retire, you know, you have a nice – hey, that would be great. Well, you know, I, wish our, I wish our economy was like – pardon? It was that way for at least part of our lifetime. I get that. That's they my point. So that. it's not that I live on gloom and doom and then I only look for bad news in order to sell gold. I, but you have to look for the truth. Yeah, I know. And the, and and the fundamentals on all these world stock markets. What is it based on? What is it based on? It is nothing but debt. It is nothing from the Federal Reserve, the central banks around the world, and they know what to do. The central banks are smart enough to know what to do. They're out there buying gold. This is from even Bloomberg. Now, I've read Bloomberg. Has, you know, lots of times they'll put out false reports and so forth. I get that. But this report was based on the uh, World Gold Council. And I've even said, saw some of their reports that, you know, it could be a little wavy and so forth. 
but you put the two of them together, and the central bank purchased enough gold in 2014 to buy 75 Boeing Dreamliners, is how the article starts out. The government's added 477.2 metric tons to their reserves. This is the second biggest increase in 50 years and 17 percent more than a year earlier and this was a report out yesterday and what are the people doing they're out there (laughs) doing everything but and you without recognizing the potential significance why are the banks buying that much gold they've added to their gold reserves the past five years and we know prior to that they had a lot, you know, 20 years of selling gold since the late 80s. Purchases will be made at least 400 tons this year, uh, according to estimates from the London-based council, which represents uh, 17 gold producers. There's a lot of scope for emerging market central banks to expand their holdings, as these are still significantly underweight. And uh, we also know that Russia was the biggest buyer of gold, and that's been, I've read that from various reports, uh, Russia was the biggest buyer of gold, while Ukraine sold the most, as there is the situation between yeah. – Those guys just can't win in Ukraine. Well, you know? well they sold the most or was stolen from them or taken well, from them. Oh, yeah, partly. You know, so, yeah, that, that, states came in right away to help. Well, we'll protect your gold. Here, load it up onto our airplanes, and we're going to protect your gold. You can trust us. Uh, we're from the government. Ask Germany. You can trust us. You know, we 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 know how to store gold properly. <laughs> you know, it reminds me. It reminds me of a story. I think I've told it here on the radio program at least once before. Some guy was advertising that he had a system that would he would guarantee that your money would not fall into the hands of the Internal Revenue Service. He had a legal system, and he had seminars down in the Bahamas. And people paid quite a lot of money to attend the seminars, and then they signed up for whatever this program was where he would guarantee that if you put your money in his offshore bank, the IRS would never lay hands on it. And sure enough, the IRS never did lay hands on it because he just stole all the accounts, and he took off. And the people didn't lose their money to the IRS. They lost it to him. So, I don't know, it reminds me of some of these other people promising to help you, and in the end... Not. And uh, we certainly know our government when they come to you and say, we're from the government and we're here to help. And you certainly want to run the the other way. But we know Russia's gold stockpile has grown to the biggest since at least 1993, after purchases topped 173 tons last year. And, of course, they've been buying the metal to diversify its foreign reserves and solve their problems that are related to their ruble liquidity. And uh, gold accounts are about 12% of its total foreign reserves. Although that's still less than the U.S. and Germany, uh, which you know are the biggest holders, and uh, um, Ukraine sold about 19 tons, or you know wherever happened to it, um, disappeared. They had 19 tons of gold disappear. Yep. And uh, while well, you have a, a that means some of the leaders, that means everybody got their hand in that particular pie. <laughs> everybody was connected. Uh, Iraq is buying. So, you know, the world, the central banks are buying. Uh, The metal has climbed about three and a third percent this year. And um, countries have bought 1,964 tons of gold over the past five years, 
that equals to more than seven months of the mine output. And again, they are seeking, as your quest to answer your question earlier, they're seeking an alternative to currencies. Well, you know, if it's raw, if gold is up three and a half percent, and we could say we're not to the end of February, but we could say in the first two months of the year, just for just for fun, that translates into about eighteen twenty percent for the year. If that same average continued, it's you know eighteen to twenty percent for the year. No guarantee that's going to happen, but at least it's interesting. The main point is the central banks make fiat currencies. And when they start buying gold, this is a little bit like the president of Coca-Cola being caught drinking a case. He's got a case of Pepsi around his house, you know. Um, there's a, it's, it's, it indicates that the bankers are not convinced that their own fiat currency is going to be such a great investment. They recognize the price of gold is going to go up significantly in the foreseeable future, and they're getting it while they can. And if the central banks who have reason to disparage gold in order to maintain, say, oh, no, you want paper dollars, that's, that's where you want to put your money, into paper dollars or paper euros or whatever, they have reason to be their competitors with uh, gold. And yet, if they're buying gold at the end, at the fastest rate, did you say in 50 years? Yes. <clears throat> I mean, that indicates something. This can't be just a whim. This isn't just a whim. Somebody is buying more gold than they've bought in the last 50 years, the banks, central banks. That suggests, look, we're on the edge of some sort of a major, a significant change, or at least they think we're going to see one in the near future. That's the implication. Nobody knows what's absolutely going to happen, but, you know, you got to look at these things and think about them. And if you do, especially if you consider this for a while, you know, we can see gold goes up and gold goes down and the rest of it. But as a long-term investment, I don't think anyone in this audience can suggest an alternative that's superior to gold. You might be able to point to something that for a year might do better than gold. What's going to do better than gold over the course of the next 10 years? Anybody got an answer to that? Anybody point to stocks or bonds or whatever with the same level of confidence that you could have in gold? And I don't believe that's out there. I don't think it's out there. Is there an opportunity right now to jump on the stock markets? Get in, get out. Make a fast buck. Yeah, that's probably there. No question about it. And if you're a speculator, that may be where you want to go. But if you're an investor and you're actually looking for something that's going to proceed, that's going to protect whatever wealth you have right now, and it's going to protect it over the course of, let's say, the next five years or ten years, investing, not speculating, investing, can you name another investment where you think you can reasonably have more confidence in that investment, investment, not speculation, investment, got one that's uh, you that inspires more confidence than gold? I don't think it's out there. I don't think if it is, it can't be perceived at this time. It may be that over the course of the next 10 years, something strange is going to happen, and who knows, we may see something unexpected, but it will be unexpected. All right? It might be gold, might not be number one, might be number two. 
And you said the number three, but it's going to be better than most anything else you can point to at this time. Earlier this week, I was looking at the fear and greed index. It was like about, that was about neutral. It was about 56. That popped to this week today. It popped it all the way to 73. So it's all greed in these markets and uh, certainly no fear. Yeah, I, yeah, I understand that. I understand. It's, uh, it's you know, it's you, you can't complain about it on one level. I mean, you've you got to just, well, what the heck. Maybe the economy is going to pick up and it'd be good for everyone. I don't know what's going to happen here, but I still look at the fundamentals. What I perceive as the fundamentals, number one is the debt is too great to ever be repaid. Number two, for every dollar in debt, there's a dollar's worth of paper assets sitting out there. If we get to the point where we admit we can't pay the debt, and I think we have to, we're going to have to admit that those paper assets aren't worth anything. There's the big problem. When is it ten and a half? Next month? A year from now? You know, who knows? When are the next bunch of commercials going to happen? Melody, do you know that? Um. Right now? Right now. Right now. All right. Melody and I will be back on Financial Survival in just a moment. Please stay tuned. count high, half of all men over 50 have an enlarged prostate. You can shrink your prostate without harmful drugs or risky surgery. The secret to healing the prostate is to cleanse the prostate and the liver. Call Apothic Area Herbs to ask about the prostate kit for a comprehensive way to heal and soothe your prostate. Educate yourself on how easy it can be to disinfect, cleanse, and restore your prostate gland. Call Apothic Area Herbs for the prostate kit and successfully reduce swelling, inflammation, dissolve stones, and cleanse the blood to obtain the results you need. Money-back guarantee with every purchase. Call the experts in organ cleansing. Call Apothecary Herbs now for the prostate kit and empower yourself. Toll free, 866-229-3663. For international callers, 704-875-8010. That's toll free, 866-229-3663. Or visit the web at thepowerherbs.com. Prices have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971, when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family. American Voice Radio Network is heard on Galaxy 19 at 
27 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. Oh, you want to vote? Sure. 
bring you, come on, all you Mexicans, come on up here, move into wherever you want to move into, and when there's enough of you there, <laughs> you can vote to take over the government. All right? I'm talking about a city government, a county government, whatever. And it doesn't matter whether you're actually a Mexican citizen or not. We're going to let you vote in this country. And here's another one. Washington Times again. Department of Homeland Security creates path to citizenship for dreamers. The Obama administration quietly told Congress this week that its deportation amnesty programs will, in fact, include a pathway to citizenship. Now, this is according to House Judiciary Committee Chairman Bob Goodlatte, who said that breaks a promise Obama made to the country when he announced the program. All right, we're going to have this. We're going to have this amnesty program, but we're not going to give him citizenship. Oh yeah, he is. It turns out he's going to give him citizenship and a welcome wagon when they come across the border, and a hotline for telephone calls and uh, tax tax advantages and what else? Uh, they'll be able to vote. That won't be legal, but they'll be able to do it. What does what does illegality have to do with our president? What does illegality have to do with our Congress and our Senate and our courts? Who gives a damn? Who cares if this country is a bunch of damn criminals? The government of this country. And if the worst of the pop and the rest of the population follows along, why not? There is something that is just so wrong about this that is just appalling. And my complaint is not with the illegal aliens per se. I don't want them here, but they're not the problem. The problem is all the gangsters in Washington, D.C., who don't understand that they have an obligation to protect our borders. They're wasting their time sending troops over to the Middle East. It's not our problem. Our first problem is to protect this country. And that's what government should be doing. This, oh, well, I don't know. We can't get to that right now. So we have a path to citizenship for dreamers. A conference call with congressional staffers, U.S. Citizenship and Immigration Services, said it would allow so-called dreamers applying for their deportation amnesty, uh, known as DACA or Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals, to also apply for advanced parole, which is a separate program that also serves as a shortcut to a green card, which is a key step on the path to citizenship. In a letter to Homeland Security, Judge Johnson, Mr. Goodlatte uh, uh, demanded that he put an end, Homeland Security, put an end to the new program, which could open an avenue for hundreds of thousands of illegal immigrants to bypass regular rules and gain citizenship, which carries voting rights and eligibility for taxpayer-funded benefits. We're going to let illegals come into this place and then vote on whether they want more benefits. What do you think is going to happen? And if you talk to Obama or any other idiot in this government who is, they're going to say, oh, it's an accident. It's an unforeseen circumstance. They're putting up hot hotlines for these people. We reported on it, I think, on Wednesday. They are giving them tax advantages. I think that we reported that on Wednesday. And now they're creating circumstances where they can vote even though they're illegal. And though they enter the country illegally, they can gain citizenship through President Johnson or Obama's new program, amnesty program. It'll give them a faster opportunity to citizenship and voting. And gee, isn't that wonderful? We're going to all be dancing around our hats, singing La Cucaracha, all right? 
And the government says this is a wonderful thing, but I'll tell you what they're doing. And I've said it before. They want the Mexicans to invade this country in order to weld the United States of America to Mexico in a way that is conducive to the North American Union, a combination of Mexico, United States, and Canada in a single economic union. And that's what they want. They want to put so many Mexicans in here, you're not going to be able to do anything about it. And I am unaware of anyone in Congress or in the Senate, and certainly in the White House, who gives a damn about protecting this nation. These people are letting this place be destroyed, and on one level you can't blame them. Because the vast majority of the American people aren't doing anything about it, not even talking about it. This has been allowed to happen. What should happen? This is treason. This is treason perpetrated by your president and your Congress and your Senate. They are refusing to protect this nation from an invasion by illegal aliens, and they should be charged with treason. Those who are found guilty, light them up. What else? Here's another one from the Islamic State turns to capture women, kids for battlefield blood transfusions. This is just horrific. Has not much, nothing to do with our government. But the Islamic State, while recent airstrikes on the Islamic State group forced the Sunni radicals to turn to captured women and children for battlefield blood transfusions. An opposition group named Raqqa is being being slaughtered silently. That's their name, Raqqa, is being slaughtered silently. Said airstrikes in Iraq and Syria since Sunday, coupled with a spike in sorties conducted by Jordan, has made the terrorist group, also known as ISIS and ISIL, desperate for blood. They forced Yazidi girls to donate blood to ISIS-wounded fighters. Which God allows these acts, said Hamshi, a 19-year-old captive who escaped after she was held for 28 days. A recent U.N. report concluded that the Islamic State group also uses children as terror funding mechanisms by selling them into slavery. Those who are turned into child soldiers are deemed cubs of the caliphate. Children and minorities have been captured in places where the so-called ISIL has its strength. They've been sold in markets. Uh, with tags, price tags on them, have been sold as slaves. This is from Anate Winter, an expert on the U.N. Commission Committee on the Rights of the Child, being interviewed by CNN. You know, we listen to this stuff about the Muslim faith as the religion of, of peace. I think that's a bunch of crap. If there was anybody in the Muslim faith who actually cared about peace, they should be screaming from the top of the mosque, that something's got to be done about these crazy SOBs in, in, in ISIS. And so far as I'm able to hear, understand, there is no, there are plenty of Muslims, oh, we're all filled with peace and joy. Fine. Get up off your dead butt and get after these, I don't know, these guys are medieval. These are the people who burned some guy alive in a cage. Doused him in gasoline and lit him up. And this is the religion of peace? 
You know, one of the things about the Muslim faith I've talked about, I don't know if I've talked about it on this program or not, but there have been two studies came out of Europe, one in England and one, I believe, in the Netherlands. In the last 18 months, maybe two years, where they did a study of the genome, the Muslim genetics, and one of the things that's happened to Muslims is because the prophet Muhammad married his first cousin, right? That's a process. That's that is a, a relationship that's fundamentally prohibited in the Jewish and Christian faiths. But the Muslim men want to marry their first cousins, and they think this is okay. Well, after doing this for several centuries, emulating the Prophet Muhammad, the net result has been that they've increased the probability of genetic deformations in their children. They've increased the probability of stillbirths for their children. They have lowered their own IQ. There's reports that they don't see in the dark as well as, they, as people should be expected. They have, by following the Muslim faith, they have become, in many instances, they have become more prone to mental illness. And I look at that and I say to myself, if this is the one true faith, if the Muslim, if Allah is God and he and the Muslims are his people, why has he allowed his people to generate several centuries of inbreeding that has predisposed significant numbers of Muslim people to genetic aberrations? Right? I mean, it's, it's one of the things you look at, and from my perspective, this to me, is evidence that is almost impossible to get around. If these stories are true, one out of England, another one out of Netherlands, if I recall correctly. The science, scientific studies calculating the effect of several centuries of inbreeding. If these stories are true, it is an indictment of the Muslim faith. And it's also consistent with some of the stuff they do, putting people in a cage and dousing them with gasoline. It's not just a question of being a Muslim. It's a question of being genetically deprived, diminished, deformed. And if any of you want to become a Muslim, you ought to think about that. Because the same sort of penalty has not been imposed on Christians, and it hasn't been imposed on Jews. There's not a genetic disability that I'm aware of that affects either one of those faiths. In fact, I'm hard-pressed to think of any other faith, certainly significant faith, where we can point to genetic disabilities that are a product of the religion. Be Muslim, become you know, genetically disabled, leave, leave a wonderful legacy for your children and your grandchildren. Now, I don't mean that it's going to happen. This takes centuries to build up, but it'll take centuries to build down, too. The Muslims aren't going to stop marrying their cousins <clears throat> this year and their first cousins and then discover that these genetic problems are wiped out in the next, you know, year or two. This is with them for centuries. And for me, it's an indictment of their faith. It's evidence that's it's very difficult to get around this and say this is a true faith. So I don't know. What are you going to do? You know, You know how many books? I've seen one report that's almost incredible. You know how many books, new books, were written by Muslims in the last year? Published, I've heard one report said five. 
These people invented algebra. At one point in time, they were brilliant. Now they don't read anything but the Koran. We have a problem here. Let's take a break for our, our commercials, and Melody and I will be back on financial survival in just a moment. Please stay tuned. Reagan 
uh, ambassador to the Soviet Union. And a month ago, he wasn't concerned about any dangers of a nuclear war between the U.S. today and Russia. Uh, but after yesterday, after the U.S. plans to arm and train the Ukrainian Nazis, he warned the D.C. audience that that is exactly uh, what he's concerned about, that danger. And Ruschen then went on, and they said, with the ceasefire agreement reached yesterday between Putin, Holland, Poroshenko, and Merkel, the real question remains, will Europe and the world plunge into general war, or will a genuine alternative be achieved? What drove this extremely fragile agreement was the recognition by some in Europe that the world is on the cusp of a world war. Uh, the issue is war or no war. War. Um, the French are breaking out of the war momentum. Some in Germany are a little shaky and aligning with the French. Uh, one way or the other, the outcome of war or no war will shape a whole new process globally. And the fact that is being ignored is that the entire drive for wars because London and Wall Street are in a panic over the bankruptcy of their entire system. Yeah. There is nothing that can be done to save the empire system. They are at a point where that system is either replaced altogether or we plunge into general war or general chaos. And the bankruptcy of the London Wall Street system is the key to everything. And it's a short uh, article because the Saudis are an extension of that British Empire system. And the chaos and dark age genocide that we're seeing in the Middle East is just the extension of what the British and Wall Street have in store for the entire planet, unless, you know, that they're stopped. Uh, they can see in the stonewalling against the debt forgiveness for the Greek people who have been subjected to horrible suffering. These people would rather destroy the planet than lose their system and lose their power. This agreement yesterday is in jeopardy of being sabotaged and turned into a trigger for general war. Um, uh, Obama is just a patsy for the British, but under these circumstances, the patsy factor is significant. And, uh, and I will put this in our newsletter this week. Um, the fight in Europe over the future of the British Empire, uh, centered on Greece, demands for the continuation. Um, you know, it's going to have a big blowback into the United States. And anyone that's believing that the British system will survive on the basis of either kicking Greece out of the euro or forcing Greece to bend to the troika is insane. It is the entire system that is bankrupt beyond repair. Either there is a total orderly shutdown of Wall Street in London or there, go, there will be war chaos. Uh, Wall Street is in jeopardy, that ex and that extends to the GOP. The empire system is collapsing. And the danger is the plunge into chaos, as they saw, or as we saw in Europe during the Dark Ages. And it uh, goes on a little bit more of how you can sign a petition in order to, you know, um, send on to uh, uh, Congress and so forth. And, uh, um, you know, to try to stop. And uh, it's... I just, I, I agree with what he's saying in a kind of a general sense that we are on the verge of something. But my recollection, and I haven't read his material for, for years, I was never a, f a follower per se, but he is fixated 
on the idea, Linda LaRouche is fixated on the idea, if I recall correctly, that there's something going on with the Queen of England and Britain in general, and they are at the core of all the trouble that might be going on in the world. And that they still wield extraordinary power, far more than you would expect from the size of England. You know, England is only about the size of, I had a couple of small states here in the United States. It's not a big place. And it really doesn't have the kind of influence. There was a time when maybe it did. I don't see the problem as with England. I see the London problem is still with the, the financial. Bankers. London That's, is still the financial hub that. of the world. I get not that. Not England or, you, you know, not the queen. No, I go along with that. They're figuring it. London is big. Yeah. It is, is big financially. It's the center. Right? And this is what I'm saying. This, the collapse that Lyndon LaRouche is talking about and describing as potentially close at hand, I see that as a collapse of the fiat monetary system. He sees it as a collapse of the English monarchy or whatever whatever else, however he ties things to, to England. I disagree with him on the, in that regard, but I, all, but I do agree that there is something... We are teetering on the edge of something that is, is certainly dangerous and, and perhaps catastrophic. We'll watch and see. And knowing a little bit of history, it wouldn't surprise me if the government conjured up some sort of a war that was used as an excuse to cover some sort of dramatic change in our monetary system. If we were so busy, if somebody detonated a nuclear bomb here or there, and everybody was so busy talking about that that they even forgot Dancing with the Stars, it's, oh, my gosh, nuclear bomb. In the midst of that concern, I wouldn't be surprised if that's when the government would, you know, quietly just change the monetary system in a way that was fundamental Contrary probably to our interests, I can't imagine they'd do us any favors, but in the midst of that trauma, they can get more done. They can move in ways that people might complain about during a period of peace, during a period of peace. but in real crisis, people are willing to put up with almost anything. So are they going to create a crisis? Are they going to allow a crisis? It's plausible. Are they going to do it? I'm not arguing. I'm not going to predict that it's going to happen. But it's not a completely crazy idea. Is there, is there a 50% probability? I wouldn't say 50%. But there might be 20, 25% probability. So in any case, that's my view on Lyndon and his, and his predictions. I think we're describing, we kind of agree in terms of we're sitting on the edge of something big. But he looks at it, and I, and I look at it from... Well, it's, it's true that he always blamed everything on the Brits, and, yeah. and yeah, and yeah, you can't blame everything on the Brits. But I really do believe there is a, a bigger picture and a group. You can call them what you want: the elite, the Illuminati, those who do control things. And I do believe, um, <clears throat> you know, that uh, um, you know these empires they they would create a war, absolutely. Oh, yeah. And you're right to, to to, and but I think the percentages are higher than twenty percent. Well, even so, I think that's I, I think so. that's an awfully low percentage. Well, maybe so, but, but we, talking nuclear war—that's a big-time threat. It's not 20% probability that someone's going to, you know, fire some spitballs. 
you know, at the, at the White House. We're not talking about that. If we're talking about nuclear war, 20% probability is a big number. But, and, I, and we can just Bigger speculate than, on no, the yeah. number. We can speculate on the number. Somebody else say it's 5%. I don't care. Nuclear war is a big okay. thing. All right. That's as big as it gets. And, you know, even a chance in 20. Dangerous business. You know, it's like playing Russian roulette. You get a cylinder that's got six. You get a six. You get a revolver that's got six uh, chambers in the cylinder. And you got one bullet in the six. Well, you got a chance in six. The odds are in your favor. But if it comes up, you're putting that gun at your head and you've got the bullet there, guess what? You're going to have a very bad hair day. If you've got a bigger revolver and it's got 20 chambers in the cylinder, and there's one bullet in there, but it's a nuclear bullet, the odds are still in your favor. But if you hit the nuclear bullet, it just doesn't, it doesn't just scatter your brains around. It scatters everybody's brains who are within several miles of where you're standing. The whole different level of threat. Is it, but, is it realistic to suppose that we're ready to do nuclear war? And I have a hard time believing that because somebody's got to be just flat out of their minds. They're really thinking that, that they've got to be crazy. Uh, just satanic, whatever they are, just off the scale, and don't even qualify as men and women anymore. They're something just almost incomprehensible. Who supposes that we can fire nuclear missiles at Russia and they aren't going to land any nuclear missiles back here? Or vice versa? Russia going to fire nuclear missiles at us and they don't expect to have any come back? I mean, it's crazy. It really is mutually assured destruction. It is mad. It's hard to imagine. There's an article here from uh, Veterans Today, and it's entitled, Prob that Putin threatens to release satellite evidence of 9-11. Analysts believe that Russia is preparing. This was in Pravda originally. It was reprinted again in Veterans Today. Um, Russia is preparing the release of evidence of the involvement of the U.S. government and intelligence services in the 9-11 attacks for 2001. The list of evidence allegedly includes satellite images. Um, they go on and expand on this, but the argument is that Putin has put, he has been fairly docile in his response to the sanctions that have done significant damage to his country, and he didn't start this. The United States started this by overthrowing the existing Ukrainian government a little over a year ago. Uh, Putin doesn't start this. He was surprised. He was having Winter Olympics. Oh, oh, oh. And our government overthrew the, the Ukraine government, or participated in that overthrow. And Putin has been playing catch-up ever since. They are suggesting, they're not suggesting that he's going to launch any nuclear weapons, but they are alleging that he actually has evidence as to who was truly responsible for 9-11, and he's prepared to release it. And this is coming from Providence, so in theory, it's a government leak. Is it true? Is it false? Does he really have that evidence? Is the evidence true? Is it a hoax, like somebody's birth certificate? Well, I don't know. But it would certainly be, this came out several days ago, earlier this week. It's probably... The story probably goes back to about Monday or so. 
but it would be the kind of event if you push somebody far enough, he's not going to do, he's not going to go nuclear, but he might just tell the truth about what happened on 9/11. And if he could prove what a lot of people suspect happened, there would be some changes made in this country. What's the value of the Patriot Act and all the laws that followed in our uh, our headlong plunge into fascism in this country? What's the value of that if it turns out that our own government was complicit in the loss of the World Trade Center and the bombing and the, and the explosion at the Pentagon? What is, you know, what are we going to do with those laws? How are we going to justify them? Can we keep them? What happens if we lose them? Uh, it was so. Point, I guess, is the article is is sitting back at this article saying, "Look, Putin's had it. <laughs> he's been pushed about as far as he's going to go, but it's alleging he's simply going to tell the truth about 9/11 rather than go nuclear." So, what are we? What, what's going to happen, Melody? You got your crystal ball? Are we going to learn the truth about 9/11? Is it going to be a, a publicized issue, or shall we just? Bomb them all and, you know, back with it. Well, if he really did have the information and that he really was going to release it, certainly, you know, they'll they'll keep him from doing so or trying to do so. Uh, would have to have some hard evidence. Uh, if he didn't have that hard evidence, people just wouldn't believe. Well, it's not that. I mean, look how much. Everyone has to believe. This story came out just before they were starting to negotiate another round of, of ceasefire at the in Ukraine, and this may have been just leverage. Maybe that he never intended to actually release this information, but he said, hey, hey, I got pictures of you and the goat. You understand? We're going to broadcast them unless you cooperate and get out of Kiev. And it may be that without releasing them, you can still use them as leverage. So you can look at it and speculate. What's the truth of the matter? Don't know. Don't know. That's part of, you know, that's what we said at the beginning of the program. Hard to find out what the truth is. Coincidences, though. In fact, there was a, a reporter who interviewed Snowden. He just died suddenly. The reporter? The reporter did. I don't have the whole story in front of me, and I uh, didn't get into the details. But, uh, yeah, it was a, a recent interview of, of Snowden. He died shortly thereafter, is my well, understanding of it. So. Uh, okay, don't get me to interview Snowden. Then. We're gonna have to leave that for another time. I'm not. I'm not gonna interview Snowden. I may talk about him, but I'm not gonna interview. That's why we we're out of time. Interviews on this program. Yeah, we're out of time, and this is Friday, so we'll be back. Friday on the thirteenth. Yep, Friday the thirteenth, and despite that number, we're still gonna be back on Monday, unless of course we go to nuclear war, or Putin releases releases information on 9/11. But barring the unforeseen, we'll be here on Financial Survival. Hope you tune in at that time. In the meantime, the good Lord bless you, me, Melody, and Frank, the producer. Bye-bye. I work all night, I work all day to pay the bills I have to pay. Never seems to be a single penny left for me. That's too bad. In my dreams, I have a plan. If I got me a wealthy man. 
Few things in this world are more important than clean, pure water. Understanding this, ABR makes four tabletop water distillers available to you for purchase. First, we have the five and a half hour per gallon with polycarbonate collection jug for $139. The second is a five and a half hour per gallon with glass collection jug for $189. The third is a three and a half hour per gallon with polycarbonate collection jug for $189. And our premier tabletop distiller is a three and a half hour per gallon with glass collection jug for $250. All our distillers have a stainless steel boiling pot, dome, and cooling tubes. And the Premier version also has a splash flap to protect against contamination of the cooling tubes. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com for more information and protect your water supply. Studies have shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific. have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971, when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family. Fighting soldiers from the sky Fearless men who jump and die Men who mean just what they say The brave men of the Green Beret All right, everybody, you're just in time for Valentine's Day And, uh Welcome to American Voice Radio's Freedom Call. I'm your host this hour. My name is Bo Greitz, and I enjoy receiving your emails. It gives me guidance in uh, my one-hour program. And so if you would like to communicate with me, it's a lot better than trying to call or even uh, go through snail mail. 
and we have to thank Al Gore, if anybody can find him, uh, for inventing the Internet. My email address is uh, Bo Rights, and it's B-O-G-R-I-T-Z, at, that's a little circle A, MSN, stands for Microsoft Network, dot com. Bogrights at msn.com. I have to read my email about three times a day uh, this morning. I pulled it up. There's 350 uh, emails, and so I got to go through them. Otherwise, uh, it jams up and nobody can do anything. But again, I appreciate your interest. It helps me to research what I. Uh, seem to shortchange you on something you're really interested in, and if you know uh, information that you believe our listenership uh, would benefit from, then send it to me by email. It's really a great way to go. This is Valentine's Day. People say it's from St. Valentine. I think it's uh, another uh, pagan mask uh, to cover the celebrations of Nimrod. You may say, Nimrod? Who's he? Well, you got to go back about 3,500 years ago. And when you do that, you say, holy cow. <laughs> yeah, there were, remember Abraham, he's uh, walking around with uh, Sarah. Abram was his name in those days. And uh, he got into Egypt. You know, Egypt had pharaohs in those days. I mean, we are talking like 1,500 more years B.C. And uh, there was a character in that time frame uh, named Nimrod. And Nimrod was a very powerful and strong hunter. Notice how we now have the little cherub with the bow and arrow that shoots for the heart. Well, that's what Nimrod did very well. Now, Nimrod uh, came from a woman, a queen named uh, Samaramus, and Nimrod ends up, uh, the father, the king is killed, Nimrod ends up marrying his own mother. Nimrod is ripped to pieces, and I'm just giving you the overall story of it, uh, by righteous men, and little pieces of his anatomy are sent to uh, all the different countries so they'll know the mighty hunter Nimrod is dead because of his uh, aggressions against God. Uh, it's, there's something about marrying your own mother. And by the way, Samarimus uh, claimed that Nimrod uh, was uh, a, a virgin birth, and uh, she set herself up as, uh, when Nimrod is dead, she sets herself up uh, as, she's kind of a harlot with all the priests, but of course she sets herself up as uh, a queen and do you know, it's not just, uh, you know, like St. Valentine's Day. And remember what Nimrod uh, did? They uh, began to build a city, Babel. 
And uh, God saw that uh, man, being able to conspire, communicate, speak all they understood, the same language, that this was not good. There would be nothing that would stop them. And so I don't think that in building the Tower of Babel, they were just talking about uh, like building one of the trade center towers or in Chicago or any place else uh, over in Malaysia where in Indonesia where they have uh, supposedly world's largest towers, the Eiffel Tower. I think maybe uh, that God was also uh, speaking about man's ability to see and understand more about uh, expanding dimensionally. And uh, that's just, uh, this is the gospel according to Bull. But uh, God saw that it was enough of a threat and that it wasn't uh, what he uh, saw in uh, his plan of salvation for us. And so uh, he uh, confused the languages and people scattered uh, in amongst uh, those tribes to which they could communicate. But when you think of uh, Nimrod, or when you think of Valentine's Day, maybe you wouldn't think of Nimrod, but think of Valentine's Day, that actually is a pagan uh, way of bringing up uh, memories of, uh, it's, it's like Christmas, got nothing to do with the birth of Christ. It is the winter solstice. It is the celebration of evergreens. That's why we decorate these trees. It says uh, very clearly in Jeremiah 10 that you do not uh, cut down these evergreens. See, the reason the pagans worship the evergreen is because it didn't die. It didn't lose all of its leaves. And so they thought it was holy. So pagans worship evergreen trees. And uh, they would uh, cut them down at the winter solstice, where all of a sudden it means the days, that's the shortest day. So now the days get a little longer. So they're celebrating the sun. And they decorate these evergreens uh, who have made it without losing their color or their leaves, their furs, or this kind of trees. And uh, they decorate them, and they bring them in the house, and they nail them. Uh, well, <laughs> now you got to look, go all the way back to Isaiah, look at Jeremiah. Jeremiah says, don't do this. This is an abomination to God. Don't cut down these evergreens. Don't bring them into your house. Don't nail them to the floor. Don't decorate them with silver and gold. What do we do? <laughs> you know, see how clever Satan is. I mean, people would think that you were anti-Christian. They would think that you uh, were uh, a child abuser, that you were un-American if you did not go out and either cut down your own evergreen. Now, that is, that's the epitome of you know, being Christmas, oh, my dad and my family, I remember we'd go out and we'd hunt, you know, for 
just the very finest evergreen, and we'd cut it down, and we'd bring it home, and uh, we'd nail it to a stand, and then we'd decorate it uh, with gold and so. Uh, Jeremiah 10, friends, abomination to God. Uh, it doesn't mean that, uh, well, I mean, and so where did we get this? Well, a lot of us are Germans, and uh, Tannenbaum, you know, I mean, this, the, the pagans uh, worshipped these evergreens, and they had done this, and that's why Jeremiah, long times ago, we're talking now uh, more than 2,500 years ago, said, don't do this. But we do. We do a lot of things. We do not, by in general, worship on the Sabbath. Uh, we're not supposed to uh, have uh, things that are made, uh, images that are created uh, for any purpose of worship. Second commandment. But do we? Do we? Do you see people all over the place uh, kneeling and uh, praying with oh fervently, hands folded, tears coming down their face uh, to a cross that shows uh, you know, a Christ nailed to this cross, or uh, to a uh, well, the statues that are then that decorate the churches—they're beautiful. There's the statue of the Virgin Mary, who's been elevated uh, by the Catholic uh, Church now to an equal position of the Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost, and the Blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God. And so uh, I, I think they're beautiful statues, and I've been to uh, St. Peter's. And I've been to the Sistine Chapel, and boy, there's just, I mean, it is sensory overload. All I'm doing is asking, what about the Second Amendment? Actually, commandment. <laughs> what did God ask us to do? And are they are they still valid? And when you look at uh, not using God's name in vain. We know that. What is, though, the most common uh, word of profanity that you hear? It is violation of the third uh, commandment. And the fourth commandment, keep the Sabbath day. Well, what is the Sabbath day? It is the seventh day, and if you look at, on any calendar, you'll see that Sunday is the first day, that Saturday is the seventh day, days start when sun goes down, and when, so we, have, we mark each day. So sundown Friday actually is uh, the beginning of the Sabbath, but who worships on that day? And when you ask Billy Graham... Uh, when you ask Pope uh, Benedict, you ask, we, they did ask Pope John Paul, and they are very truthful. They're very, I mean, ask uh, your cardinal, ask your bishop, uh, ask your, your 
whoever's in charge of your church, ask them. Ask them, is Sunday, the seventh day, the Sabbath day, that is spoken of in the Ten Commandments as the Fourth Commandment? And see what uh, they say. Now, all of the main authorities, theologians, have said, no, uh, it is not. Uh, But Sunday celebrates the resurrection of Yeshua Messiah, Jesus the Christ. And so that is why we're going to church on Sunday, is to celebrate the resurrection of Christ. My only question is, good, good, that's my observation. My question is, what about the fourth commandment? What do we do to keep the Sabbath? Or do we? And so it is that the other commandments, you can run down them. Uh, that is, we should respect our mother and our father. I think we know that. I'm not sure that we do it, but I think that we know that. And uh, the sixth commandment, uh, it says, thou shalt not kill. But when you look at it, it means don't take the life of any innocent. And uh, we see, don't uh, commit adultery. You know, this, these were all these laws that could cost you your life, stoning. Remember the adulteress uh, where they were going to stone her and Christ was there? And uh, he said, those of you without sin, uh, be the first to cast the stones. And nobody cast a stone. Anyway, it doesn't mean that uh, the Seventh Commandment goes away. Don't steal. Don't lie. Uh, don't you know, take an oath and uh, break the oath. And don't uh, covet. Not anything that belongs to your neighbor. I think there's a lot of coveting. But it just consider... If you don't mind, uh, you'll be in a new year now. Just ask yourself, if I wanted to come closer to God, if I wanted to learn, since the world seems to be uh, teetering more and more uh, toward uh, things that uh, it's caused in other advanced civilizations, I mean, you don't think that there's anything new upon the earth. I don't think that God has allowed us actually to uh, be challenged with anything that we're not basically rehearsed for. When you look at Sodom and Gomorrah, this is Abraham's time. My gosh, this goes back. So there are homosexuals, there are sodomites 3,500 years ago that it was so bad that it literally consumed as a lifestyle this area. This is rather a large area, Sodom and Gomorrah. You look at it on an old biblical map, and you're surprised. We're talking about a, a ton of people, like maybe the L.A. Valley or something. And uh, fire and brimstone. It just got to the point where, uh, remember, God... Uh, 
angels. They approached Abraham, uh, representing God. Uh, Abraham argued with them about because uh, his his nephew Lot lived in uh, Sodom, and so he argued uh, God down from a uh, hundred to ten. What if there were just ten righteous men? Only ten. Let's look at your city. Let's look where you live. Are there ten? <laughs> well, when they got there, the Sodomites were literally broke down uh, the door and the walls of Lot's house wanting to get at the young men who were angels upon the earth to do the bidding of Almighty God, and that was go. And uh, they were Abraham was going to bring Lot, and his wife turned into a pillar of salt, remember? And so uh, it was so bad with that lifestyle. And then uh, what else happened? Greece? What else happened? Rome? I mean, all of these great civilizations collapsed because of moral failure. So is the earth beginning to teeter over there a little bit? So I just ask you to, if you wanted to get closer to God at this time, maybe we should read a little bit about God and uh, try to understand him just a little more. Uh, Do you know how God feels when his people uh, turn into harlots and do all the things? I've just mentioned, and you know I've mentioned little things, like Christmas trees. I mean, where you'd be un-American if you didn't have one. But nevertheless, what does God say? You want to be closer to God, you got to do what God says. And so you just consider these things. And you see how, uh, and one of my favorite, uh, and I'm sorry for taking so long, because there's a lot of great news I need to share with you, and I will. Uh, one of my favorite stories is Hosea. Hosea was just a normal guy, God-fearing, and uh, he had a, a wife he loved so dearly. Now, his wife, uh, unfortunately, was a harlot, and she ran off. Now, he had some children. And his wife uh, ran off. His wife was named Gomer. Now you think Gomer, you mean like Gomer Pyle? Uh, Gomer, but see, Gomer is biblically a female's name. Now does that give you any uh, insight into Gomer Pyle was a homosexual? I mean, in reality, so Gomer had, and that maybe it was that reason that they named him Gomer, a, a female's name. Anyway, Gomer ran off. It broke Hosea's heart. He was crushed. And what happened? God called on Hosea and said, now I want you to be a prophet. Unless you had lost something you loved so dearly, you couldn't do this job, but now you know how I feel when my 
into harlots and do all the sins and crimes that I've forbidden them to do. So you see, sometimes when you lose things, it's for good because you understand now a little bit more how God feels. And so let's maybe, I just suggest, see, God has seven feast days that he has said would forever be holy days. We're supposed to uh, watch these, and they're coming up in this spring. Passover is the first first fruits and unleavened bread. It takes a week to get through. Then Pentecost. Remember where the tongues of flame came to the apostles? This is after Christ has been uh, crucified, died. He's arisen. He has spent 40 days. Now he has to leave. He tells his apostles, you go uh, into Jerusalem and you wait for Pentecost. The Holy Spirit will come. Well, that's been fulfilled. The next is uh, trumpets. That comes around uh, in the fall. And that announces the coming of Christ. You know what I'll bet you? I'll bet you that when Christ comes and we hear the trumpet, and every eye will see. Well, we know CNN and all those Fox News. Now, I mean, you couldn't, they can't, we can see everything all over the world, every eye. Well, I'll bet you it'll be on the feast day of trumpets. Ten days later is the Feast of Atonement. Now, Christ has already atoned for the sins of all of those who accept him. So why? Because there are still people on this earth who have kept his oracles. I'm talking about Jewish people who do not believe in him, who reject him, who say, no, that wasn't Christ. And yet Christ hasn't come yet. When he comes, they're going to recognize, whoa, the first go around, it was Christ. And they're going to atone. And that's why the feast of atonement, 10 days after Christ comes. And, you know, God is so great, I believe that it will be right on the button 10 days after the Feast of Trumpets. The last of the seven-day feasts is the Feast of Tabernacles, where God promises to come and be with us again. Now, there are people who have kept these feast days throughout the generations, but do you know most Christians back in 325 A.D., they met in Nicaea, and they got rid of all of the holy days. They got rid of the Sabbath. They put all these pagan days, like Christmas and Easter and St. Valentine's Day and Halloween. Who knows? They put all of these pagan feast days in place because they were very popular Christianity had been uh, ruled by the emperor. It's going to be the official religion. Remember the Inquisition? They kill you if you if you weren't converted. It wasn't a pretty sight, was it? It wasn't right. But we have been fooled. Here we have two billion 
Christians, and we've been fooled. Well, it's time to wake up. So think a little bit about things that I say. Look in the Bible. I'm not telling you anything that's not already there. We're going to take a little bit of a pause. We come back. I got real current news that you need to be made aware of. So stay with American Voice Radio. survive a food shortage lasting two weeks, six months, or maybe longer? Sound far-fetched? We live in precarious times. There is an ever-increasing possibility of food shortages caused by terrorist attacks, natural disasters, truck strikes, or monetary collapse. You owe it to yourself and family to prepare, and you can by getting a supply of our long-storing, freeze-dried, and dehydrated foods. Our foods are time-tested to store for decades, require a minimum of time and energy to prepare while maintaining superior nutritional value, freshness, and taste. Our foods were designed for the space program and are in constant use today by our own nuclear submarine service. Contact the freeze-dried guide to Day at freeze dry guy at landset.com. That's freeze dry guy at l a n s e t dot com or call 530-265-8333. 530-265-8333 and let them know you heard it on American Voice Radio. Americans for Immigration Control is a leading national organization dedicated to reasonable levels of legal immigration and effective enforcement to stop illegal immigration. With more than 250,000 members and supporters nationwide, we are an effective voice for immigration reform. AIC stands up in Washington for the views of most Americans on immigration. We are the leaders in stopping recent legislation to reward 10 million or more illegal aliens with legal status and eventual citizenship. The late Georgia Congressman Charlie Norwood had this to say about us. AIC has earned a reputation among members of Congress as one of the most active and responsive advocacy groups in the field of immigration. Join AIC today. For more information, go to our website, immigrationcontrol.com. That's immigrationcontrol.com or call 540-468-2023. That's 540-468-2023. What makes deep sea salt from France so different? Up from the ocean depths in the south of France flow undersea rivers of pristine sea water. At high tide, the prepared salt ponds are filled with this water. Over spring and summer, processed only by ocean breezes and sunshine, the brine thickens and salt crystals float to the top. These are harvested with nets and deposited on wooden drainage flats to dry. 
The salt is then gathered up, packaged, and shipped around the world. This salt is much more than a box of lifeless sodium chloride. Soldiers worth their salt were once paid with this valuable commodity. It contains 78 to 84 balancing elements. This is living salt, and once you have tasted it, you will never go back to anything else. I've seen this salt in gourmet shops for $30 a pound. Get it now at 4spectrum.us for under $8 a pound. Order 10 pounds and enter the coupon code AVRSALT at checkout and save $20. Ships free to your door or call 800-581-8906. Order today. American Voice Radio Network is heard on Galaxy 19, 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. Because it's just too many. America's 
conscious would be pierced. This is Valentine's Day. We uh, might have a tendency to think more lovingly. Well, in this email that you sent me, it says, uh, we are asking for prayer for the 3rd Battalion, 5th Marines, and their families. They are fighting in Afghanistan. They have lost nine Marines in four days. It would be nice to see the message spread if more could pass it on. Nothing in the media about these guys because no one seems to care. And then they list Justin Allen, 23, uh, Brent Lindley, 29, Matthew uh, Weikert, 29, Justice Bartlett, 27, Dave Santos, 21, Chase Stanley, 21, Jesse Reed, 26, Matthew Johnson, 21, Zachary Fisher, 24, Brandon King, 23, Christopher Goke, 23, Sheldon Tate, 27. All Marines that gave their lives for us this week. Please honor them by forwarding them and asking for prayer. So, you know, I was 25 when I went to war. And I spent the better part of four years sleeping on the ground, hand to gland, killing the enemy. When I look at these ages, they are the faces of America's finest. Only their lives stopped. Nine Marines last four days. I'm sick and tired of it. Maybe you are too. So remember in your prayers, young men and women who are in harm's way. Now, while uh, we are... Uh, here, celebrating Valentine's Day, our young fighting men and women are in a hellhole. I don't know if you've ever been over there. <laughs> One of the closest uh, places you can come to probably is the Mojave Desert, uh, where I live in Sandy Valley. We trained uh, Afghan Mujahideen here uh, and uh, just south of the border in Mexico. And it uh, it's exactly like Afghanistan. So if you want to know what it's like, come on out here, and uh, you can make a pilgrimage and go up in these beautiful, stark uh, desert mountains and uh, offer prayers there. If you think maybe you're and these are so you're a little closer uh, to God. I wanted to uh, mention a couple of things to you that. Just in what's happening to us. Now, there is a rumor going around that you can make a telephone call now and confess uh, to a priest. And let's uh, get this settled. That is not wholly the truth. There is. It is approved by uh, the Pope, Pope Benedict. And it is approved 
by the bishops conference of the world it is approved there is a, a catholic tele a confession that is they call this thing a new uh, confession app app for the iphone now this confession is looked at as a sacrament and uh You can't. I've been hearing people talk about it all over the place. You just call up, uh, confess, uh, thank you, and the the priest uh, on the other end of the line says, uh, give me 10 Our Fathers and 25 Hail Marys, make a good act of contrition. Uh, Click. You know, if you're in an area where you've got uh, a good service, that, that is good. Maybe you get your confession out. What the church is saying, what the truth is, is that uh, they are afraid people are not confessing enough. That people uh, who, that I'm talking now about Catholics who uh, believe that they need to confess their sins through a priest and receive absolution. And I'm here to tell you that you know if you uh, don't pass on to your Catholic friends, or whatever, that, yeah, this is okay. You just call up on the phone now, an iPhone. What the what Pope Benedict has said is that the Catholic Church must get into the digital age. In other words, the Church is going to take steps. They're not going to sit back and just say Mass. They are going to advance themselves I mean, you can watch the Catholic Channel now, which is like 24-7 uh, on satellite. I know a lady here in Sandy Valley that watches the Catholic Channel all the time. And so that is one way, I think, that Pope Benedict is, is saying well, you get into uh, the digital age. This confession thing, though, is designed to lead people who would say confessions through the process because a lot of people uh, haven't gone to confession. And if they have, maybe they went 30 years ago. So they don't really know. Now they're afraid because if they confessed all their sins, it might you know take days. Or the priest, uh, you know, might come through the the little uh, thin uh, bamboo network that separates the uh, priest from uh, con- the confessor from the confessee. No, they don't do that. They're going to listen. It's their job to confer upon you absolution to clear up all these sins. Now, Christians think that we uh, pray to Almighty God in the name of Yeshua Messiah, and we can repent of our sins uh, through our prayers to our Father. But if the Catholics want to take advantage of a human being, the Pope wants you to know that you cannot receive the sacrament of confession and absolution through the telephone. It takes one-on-one contact. So this new app, I don't know what an app is, A-P-P, for the iPhone, is about Catholics calling in and 
actually, I guess, I don't know. I haven't called going. I don't have an iPhone going through the procedure. But the the Pope and uh, the bishops and all the people that wear those kind of fish head hats, they want you to know that this, you cannot uh, go through the sacrament of confession and receive absolution through uh, the internet, you know, through a phone call. But the Catholic Church, it is true. I, I just couldn't believe it when I heard it. So I started uh, running it down, and by golly, it's true. They do have a site, an application on this new iPhone. All right, they ran a fake election. This is the poll takers. They love doing stuff like this. A lot of people want to see Jeb Bush run uh, as president of the United States. <coughs> now, if you ask me, they want to see uh, the New World Order. The liberals would love to see another McCain. My gosh, of all of the candidates, there were there were a number of them that I was no, I didn't have any confidence in. But uh, McCain, I had zero confidence in. I just I voted for Sarah Palin. That's the truth. I just figured God would handle it all. If I were to choose the right, well, I chose what I thought was the right, uh, but, uh, you know, it, Obama's still president, so obviously uh, I i don't know God's plan, or maybe he's punishing us right now. But Jeb Bush uh, was run computer-wise against Obama, and Obama won. So this is a warning to us. Obama won 54 to 34 out of the percentage of votes. Uh, that's the only way I think that Obama is going to have a second term in office. Now, I know they gave him the Nobel Peace Prize for something they were hoping he might do. Yeah. And so he has uh, uh, kind of uh, sedged himself a little bit into the Egyptian uh, situation. Uh, certainly not much, but uh, somewhat. I think maybe uh, Leon Panetta, you know, his director, Central Intelligence, they have done a pretty good job of buying riots. Uh, there are riots now uh, in Iran. Now, let me tell you about Iran. It's the Green Party again. Remember I told you about it on Friday and Thursday? The candidate that the Green Party and the CIA was running against uh, the Ayatollah's uh, man, he was the prime minister under the Ayatollah Khomeini when the Shah was forced out in Iran, and now this green guy says that he is a, for womanhood, he is a promoter of young people, that is absolute horse hockey. He is a murderer. He was the prime minister under the Ayatollah who killed thousands of people. When I see him running under the green Party, it's as if we etch a sketch the past 
America, if you do not recognize the past, you are doomed to repeat it. A Spanish guy who's an American, Santana, said that. And he's a pretty wise fellow as far as uh, I'm concerned. All right. Now then, uh, I wanted to mention that uh, the Mississippi governor, I mentioned this on Friday too, the Mississippi governor is being pressured to criticize the state's desire uh, to recognize the war of northern aggression. That's also known as the war between the states. It started in in 1860. They had an election. Remember, Abe Lincoln won. Well, January of 1861 or so, they inaugurated Abraham Lincoln, and uh, South Carolina seceded from the Union. The seven great cotton states all followed. So for a short while, there were seven uh, seven states that had joined the Confederacy. And then it ended up being a total of 11. Now you see 13 stars on the Confederate battle flag because the 12 stars on the St. Andrew's Cross stand for the 12 tribes of Israel coming together in the center, the center star larger, representing the Christ. Now that is the significance and the reason that General Beauregard designed the battle flag to look that way wasn't because there's 13 states in the Confederacy. Now, it's been 150 years ago, hasn't it? This is uh, 2011. And so it's 150 years ago that this business started. And uh, I had a little boy over at the house uh, with his brother. They were attending my karate class. Uh, they came from Las Vegas out to Sandy Valley every Friday at 7 p.m. I uh, have a, a martial art class out here at Sandy Valley. And, uh, he was uh, with his mom. We were eating a pizza over at my place after class. And he said that his uh, he had just finished an assignment on Abraham Lincoln. And uh, I asked him, why did you choose Abraham Lincoln? He said, because he's the the greatest president, he uh, freed all the slaves. Well, uh, there is some truth to that, but it's very interesting, and I've mentioned to you previously on the program that uh, you know we have the abolitionist, uh, John Brown, who uh, brought slaves out of the south up to where he lived in the Kansas-Missouri era area. And I told you what happened. He told them, now you're free. Well, these slaves that had originally come out of Africa, primarily Nigeria, that was, they were brought here because,
because in those days it was legal, and they were sold as indentured servants because the South was agrarian. The South was cotton. The South was farming. The North was industrialized. And remember, I've told you, and I've told you correctly, that in the old days, the actually it was the Jews before blacks who first came to America. We had Puritans, remember, that came over Jamestown, remember, Plymouth Rock, and that kind of, by the way, Plymouth Rock, uh, you think it would be a lot larger. I wanted to see Plymouth Rock. It's, I don't really believe it's the real Plymouth Rock. But these were Puritans. They came from England. They came from Holland because you could get to America easier. You could go to from England to Holland real easy. Then you could get to America easy. And so uh, what happened was, if you look in the history, and now we all got it on uh, these, uh, these phones we carry around with us, Chimney, you can look up anything. So you look up, and if you want, you, you look at Jewish migration. When Portugal, the Portuguese ran all the Jews out. Now, the Jews went to Brazil. Well, who took over Brazil? The Portuguese. <laughs> In Brazil, they speak Portuguese. And so the Jews then came uh, to, uh, it wasn't uh, New York, it was New Amsterdam in those days. And as Jews, they couldn't hold office, they couldn't have local businesses. As Jews, they couldn't go to Harvard or Yale. In those colleges, in those days, you had to swear an oath to Jesus Christ. That's just the way that it was. So the Jews set up uh, a place at Newport where they ran shipping, uh, and the shipping uh, had three legs. You went to Africa where the it wasn't the Jews out chasing uh, black slaves. These were tribes that would capture their own people, other tribes. And uh, as the ships came in, they would load them aboard. They would be paid a sum of money. All right, now the, the, the slavers, these slaves were for the South, where it was labor-intensive. They also traded in the Caribbean, rum, and you could see that, I mean, this was a very profitable business, and it was legal. Jews could engage in international business, but not local business. So it was rum and slaves. All right, the Civil War, back to the what they're trying to get the governor of Mississippi to do. Mississippi, one of the southern states, in the Confederacy, wants to start to issue uh, year by year to celebrate. This is the 150th year of the war between the states. 
and they were picking generals. Well, in 2012, I believe, uh, it is Nathan Bedford Forrest, a very famous Confederate general. He was the N-word in those days, Nathan Bedford Forrest. I got a special tribute to him uh, in uh, in my house. And he was an honorable man. He fought in many battles. He led successfully many battles. Well, one battle he led decimated uh, black Union troops. And so that was in Tennessee. And when the Civil War, if, if you want, can call it that, was over, uh, all of the South was put under martial law for about seven years. And they had military people, in some cases, that were military governors. Well, they sent carpetbaggers. They appointed them to all these offices. The South had no self-rule. And you'd see... Uh, that there, of course, women and other Southerners were being grossly abused. So they started at Stone Mountain, Tennessee, which is right on the border of uh, Georgia, North Carolina. They started the Ku Klux Klan. And they needed the Ku Klux My great-grandfather was an original member of the Ku Klux Klan, and uh, they were there because, just like in San Francisco, they needed the vigilantes so that people would have law. Well, they now, of course, the NAACP wants the governor of Mississippi to veto and blast uh, the legislature of Mississippi for wanting to run Nathan Bedford Forrest uh, as a license tag. I think that we ought to deal with the past in truth. There were many slaves who fought for the Confederacy because they were fighting for their families, they were fighting for their homes, because they were invaded. And that comes from a Mississippi legislator who was black and put into office uh, during that period of time. And he said, we fought because we were fighting for our families and our homes. So why don't we look at the past and deal in truth rather than trying to rewrite what God has already given us. All right, good guys. I'll be with you, hopefully, prayerfully, tomorrow. So uh, just feel good. Think about some things that I've said. See maybe if you want to get a little closer to God. And then uh, if you do, uh, do what he says. All right, guys, stay right where you are with American Voice Radio. Silver wings upon their chest. These are men, America's best. One hundred men will test today, but only three when the Green Berets train to live. Of nature's land, trained in combat. 
few things in this world are more important than clean, pure water. Understanding this, ABR makes four tabletop water distillers available to you for purchase. First, we have the five and a half hour per gallon with polycarbonate collection jug for $139. The second is a five and a half hour per gallon with glass collection jug for $189. The third is a three and a half hour per gallon with polycarbonate collection jug for $189. And our premier tabletop distiller is a three and a half hour per gallon with glass collection jug for $250. All our distillers have a stainless steel boiling pot, dome, and cooling tubes. And the premier version also has a splash flap to protect against contamination of the cooling tubes. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com for more information and protect your water supply. Food prices have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971, when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family. Studies have shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific.
And welcome to the Constitutional Crusaders Show on the American Voice Radio Network. I'm your host, M. Roy Ben Shadler, constitutional counselor, and still all around pain in the rear end to bureaucrats and petty thugs all over. Today is Monday, February 16th, 2015. Sorry that we weren't with you last week. We had a power outage here that lasted until suspiciously five minutes before the show was supposed to start. And, uh, well, (laughs) there's no way I can pull together all the website information that I have to try and put together a show. I had all the links and everything that I needed, but to try and pull it all together and put it together in five minutes... But it normally takes me about 90 minutes to two hours just to pull it together and present it in an intelligible way. It just wasn't going to happen in five minutes, so that's why there wasn't a fresh show last week. It's a very suspicious power outage. It knocked out not only the town I'm living in, but the town to the south of me and the two big towns to the north of me, It's uh, or west of me, I should say, really. Uh, but anyway, oh, wow. But that was then. This is now. Uh, this is a live call-in show. Calling in is not necessary. If you'd like to call in, it's real simply. You go to www.theamericanvoice.com. Use the appropriate number for your situation. Or if you'd like to send an instant message, you can do so through Yahoo Instant Messenger, IDK7AQK, as is our want. We like to open this show with the wisdom of the ages, otherwise known as the dead white guy, quote, Sad will be the day when the American people forget their traditions and their history and no longer remember that the country they love, the institutions they cherish, and the freedom they hope to preserve were born from the throes of armed resistance to tyranny and nursed in the rugged arms of fearless men, end quote. Hmm, that's a rather interesting way of putting it. And who would have said that? Why, that would have been Roger Sherman, one of the 56 signers to the Declaration of Independence. And Roger Sherman was one of the delegates from Connecticut who not only served in the Continental Congress, but also the Committee of Safety of Connecticut. Hmm, that would have given him the perspective to make that observation, don't you think? Okay, we have 24 pages in today's show newsletter, yes, It's a little long because I've got all the stuff still from last week stuffed in here, here and there and everywhere. And we will get to as much of it as possible and your calls, instant messages, and whatever else happens to come across the transom as we can right after this little disclaimer. Warning, this show may be hazardous to your paradigms if you are a whiny, crying, liberal, pinko, commie bedwetter, an inept, overpaid bureaucrat, or are still mad over Reagan's tax cut. Should you fit into any one of the above categories, immediately have your friends tie you down for some truth therapy. Continue this therapy until you can dismiss your delusions and can deal with reality. If you cannot handle 100% pure, unadulterated truth, this radio show will not be held responsible for your predictable discomfort. 
Remember, my job is very simple. It is to disturb the comfortable and the, and comfort the disturbed. You know, it's just really just that simple. And you can do it, too. But you got to remember how to ask questions and learn how to ask questions. Of course, that's why you're here. Okay. Um, a lot of things have happened in the past couple of weeks since I was last with you. One of the most exciting things is that I survived a little procedure last Wednesday at the hospital where they uh, knocked me out and did um, something that they've been bugging me uh, that they want to do for a long, long time, ever since I turned 50, and uh, that is that, um, well, that's a colonoscopy thing, you know. And anyway, gang, well, I survived it, so I'm here, and I didn't even get to tell you that I might not be here this week because who knows I might not have survived it but I did so I'm here so since I'm here and let's do a little celebration shall we let's celebrate that Bill's libido may threaten to derail Hillary again yeah You know, she hasn't even announced, but the question has already resurfaced. Will Bill Clinton's baggage derail Hillary Clinton's presidential hopes? Well, just a few weeks ago, reporters broke that Bill Clinton had flown at least 11 times on the Lolita Express, a private plane owned by the mysterious financer and convicted pedophile... Jeffrey Epstein, according to Virginia Roberts, who claims to have been one of Epstein's many teenage sex slaves, Clinton also visited Epstein's private Caribbean retreat, known as Orgy Island. Quote, I remember asking Jeffrey, what's Bill Clinton doing here, Roberts said in 2011. The former president, she added, was accompanied by four young girls during his stay, two of whom were among Epstein's regular sex partners. Quote, and Jeffrey laughed it off and said, well, he owes me a favor. He never told me what favors they were. Hmm. Clinton also spent years traveling and partying with Ron Burkle, a billionaire bachelor and penchant for very young girls. Clinton spent so much time on Burkle's private plane that it became known in Burkle's circles as Air F-1. I'll let you fill in the blank there, you know. It's a four-letter word that starts with F, you know, and kind of ends with a K, right? Uh, Yeah, that's the way they refer to it, Air F-1, right. Mm -hmm. And that's to say nothing of Bill's solicitation of Serious donors, the concerns about financial malfeasance at the Bill, Hillary, and Chelsea Clinton Foundation, and Bill's radically charged verbal gaffes during Hillary's 2008 bill bid, and the alleged 
longtime serious mistress who diverted Hitler's presidential campaign from larger problems. Hmm. To be clear, none of this is ancient history. Affairs and misbehaviors that the nation has absorbed and seemingly forgiven, these are ongoing compulsions, tugs toward self-destruction that look to destroy his wife instead. Remember bimbo eruption and how that entered the lexicon in 1992, coined by then-candidate Bill Clinton's aide, Betsy Wright, who'd long seen Bill's other women come and go, yet during his, yes, I know that was a bad pun, yet during his first presidential campaign, Bill and Hillary shrewdly navigated the reports of his longtime infidelity, just as they would during the Monica Lewinsky scandal and resulting impeachment. Since Billy left the White House and Hillary's own stature has soared, the subtext of their narrative has been successful. What's that narrative? Whatever the true nature of their marriage, that's between them. Which is fair when the issue is monogamy between consenting adults. But when you're running for office... As the first female president in the United States, who, by the way, has spent her entire life advocating for <clears throat> women's and children's rights, and your husband has spent years consorting with at least one known pedophile who ensnared girls as young as 14 into his private sex ring, well, that's a potentially insurmountable liability. As it is, Bill supposedly was the reason Hitler initially declined then-President-elect B.O.'s offer to be Secretary of State. According to John Hellman and Mark Halperin's 2010 book, Game Change, Obama and the Clintons, McCain and Palin, and the Race of a Lifetime, well, according to that book, Hillary told Obama that she was most worried about the damage Bill could do. You know my husband, she said. You know I can't control him, and at some point, he'll be a problem. End quote. Also reported in the book was the existence of a war room within a war room during Hillary's campaign. It was devoted solely to tracking down reports of Bill's womanizing. Did they learn? Here, in the midst of his wife's historic campaign, Bill was involved in a serious relationship with another woman. This, according to Game Change, was Hillary Land's nightmare. Quote, what everyone who signed up with Hillary feared each waking day, end quote. Well, Hillary took another hit when Claire McCaskill, the prominent Democrat senator from Missouri, weighed in on Bill's reputation on Meet the Depressed. She said, He's been a great leader, but I don't want my daughters near him. End quote. That's what Senator Claire McCaskill told Meet the Press, to which Hitler reportedly responded with, F her. Except she didn't say just F. You can fill in the blank there. Again, it's that little four-letter word that starts with F and ends with K, you know. But in the end, McCaskill endorsed Obama. 
It was Bill's close relationship with Burkle and Epstein, however, that were Hillary's true threat. In an expose published in Vanity Fair's July 2008 issue, Todd Purdom, husband of Bill's former White House press secretary, D.D. Myers, wrote of the former president's, quote, depraved motley crew, end quote, of wealthy hangers-on and enablers. <laughs> Bill had been close with Burkle self-made billionaire for well over a decade. Burkle, age 62, had long kept his private plane stocked with girls as young as 19, and according to author Mark Ebner, Burkle was also well-known as a longtime patron of high-end prostitutes. In an excised chapter from his biography of Paris Hilton, which he later posted online, Ebner wrote that Burkle and billionaire Ted Field hired Hilton, among others, to fly for, to Vegas, well, for sex. Quote, we would party pretty hard, a source told Ebner. Paris got naked and the girls would get naked and there were times when you would have to have Ted or Ron come, come down and they would pretty much pay for girl-on-girl -girl action. They'd pay to watch girls going at it, end quote. Another member of their circle was Steve Bing, a wealthy playboy with a private jet. And, of course, Bing is best known as the father of Elizabeth Hurley's child. And Hurley was later linked to Clinton by her ex-boyfriend, Tom Sizemore. And Hurley, of course, has denied the affair. One former Clinton aide told Purdom that Bill's seedy social circle was, at best, perplexing. Quote, I think these guys are radioactive, the aide said. Quote, I stay far away from them, end quote. He In the run-up to Hillary's 2008 bid, other aides and associates were alarmed by even more rumors that Clinton had hooked up with actress Gina Gershon in Brickell's jet, the sightings with a powerful Canadian businesswoman, the random one-night stands while traveling. Purdom wrote, then an executive ran into Clinton, Bing, and a gaggle of gorgeous young women in an elevator in Manhattan. He was shocked to see an ex-president in such company. Quote, I don't know what the guy was doing, but it was so clear that it was just no good, end quote. Well, by 2010, Bill's friendship with Burkle was publicly done. Though Bill had made an estimated 50 million while working as Burkle's pitchman, he'd begun distancing himself in 2007 and formally severed their relationship after Hitlery was up for Secretary of State. In the aftermath, three of Bill's aides went to the press, presumably with his assent, to claim that Burkle still owed Bill $20 million, but that Bill had chosen to take the high road and walk away. Burkle, who rarely gives interviews, sat down with Bloomberg Businessweek to make his feelings about the former president clear. Quote, <clears throat> when Clinton left the presidency, he had to make money, and there were certain limits on how he could do it. In some ways, it was the dumbest thing I ever did, end quote. That's what he told the magazine. He also said 
that the two of them, Bill was the liability. Quote, if someone wanted to embarrass him, I got thrown in too. I got all that for free, end quote. Now, why would a man with Bill Clinton's history cultivate friends like these? This is, after all, the candidate whose campaign was nearly derailed by the emergence of his longtime mistress, Jennifer Flowers, in 1992. Then came Paula Jones, claiming sexual harassment, Kathleen Wiley, the same, Juanita Broderick, rape, and most famously, Lewinsky, the White House intern whose liaison with Clinton led to his impeachment. Now, according to Lewinsky's testimony in the Star Report, Clinton told her that he'd had, quote, hundreds of affairs, end quote, early on in his marriage. But now he was trying, <coughs> he was trying, <coughs> he, he was tr- trying to <coughs> be faithful. <coughs> yeah, right. That's what he said. He's trying to be <coughs> faithful. Yeah, uh-huh, right. Well, that said, she was the reason he gave for ending their relationship. Yeah, that he was trying to be faithful. Right. <laughs> well, the former president has also been rumored to have affairs with Barbara Streisand, Eleanor Mondale, Sharon Stone, and most recently with a woman codenamed Energizer by his Secret Service detail. <laughs> Bill's decision to befriend Epstein, however, seems uniquely self-destructive. Epstein, age 62, is often called a self-made billionaire, though his actual net worth remains undocumented. He began his career as a teacher at Dalton before leaving for Bear Stearns and then going into business for himself as a financial advisor. According to a 2002 profile in New York Magazine, Epstein only took clients who invested at least $1 billion and gave him complete control of the money. Epstein also is a career collector of mega-rich, mega-powerful friends. In addition to Bill Clinton, Epstein was socialized with Stephen Hawking and Prince Andrew. Now, pay very close attention. I need to go over that one more time. Epstein is a collector of mega-rich, mega-powerful friends, in addition to Bill Clinton. Hmm. What was it that Hillary said? Oh, when we came out of the White House, we were dead broke. Yeah, that's what she said. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, we were dead broke. If they were so dead broke, how come Epstein, you know, picked them up in his collection? Was it the powerful part? I don't think so. No. Virginia Roberts, who filed an affidavit in Florida Federal Court, claims that she was groomed by Epstein's longtime companion, Ghislaine Maxwell, daughter of the late media mogul Robert Maxwell, to become one of Epstein's many underage sex slaves when she was just 15 years old. Now, age 31, married and a mother of three, Roberts claims in court documents that Epstein later forced her to have sex with Prince Andrew three times, 
once as part of an 11-person orgy. Quote, Epstein and Maxwell trained me to do what they wanted, including sexual activities and the use of sexual toys, she said in court documents. Quote, the training was in New York and Florida in Epstein's mansions. It was basically every day and was like going to school. I also had to have sex with Epstein many times. I was trained to be everything a man wanted, end quote. Prince Andrew was has denied Robert's claims, of course. Roberts also stated she never saw Bill Clinton having sex with anyone. According to a 2002 New York profile, Epstein became friendly with Bill when the former president was shopping around for a free private plane ride to Africa. Along for the trip were actors Kevin Spacey and Chris Tucker. Flight logs show that Bill Clinton would later fly on Epstein's private plane at least 11 times several with Maxwell on board, and at least once with a softcore porn star. Roberts also said that Clinton visited Epstein's private or private island, Orgy Island, you know, several times. Yeah. Uh, Oh, boy. Anyway, gang, it goes on. It goes on with more and more and more about this guy. And, you know, I thought I understood a lot about this guy's proclivities. But this article, putting it all together, while so many of these names and so many of these events I knew about, putting it all together with all the other things that I didn't know about, and it's like, oh my goodness, this guy makes um, a dang Damn it, I hate it uh, when I brain fart names like this. The the big porn star, Ron, Ron Jeremy, there we go, um, that uh, it makes his exploits look like child's play by comparison. Or, or what was it, um, the one who claimed that, uh, the basketball star that claimed that he had sex with a thousand women. Um, I can't remember his name either. Uh, but yeah, and his makes him look like child's play by comparison. Seriously, even though all a lot of people seem to have the same the same line. Well, I never saw him personally having sex with others, but I was involved in eleven person orgies on, that he was there on, but I never saw him having sex. Uh, yeah, right. Um. Interesting. Very interesting. Right. (laughs) Anyway, gang, it begins again. Here we go. This is is what we're getting here when we have Hillary running. Now, related to that, and I won't have time to really get into it, but related to that is Brian Williams. Now, we know about Brian Williams. You know, the man who reported from the moon live and reported um you know uh you know uh the D-Day invasion live all, all the while escaping from a burning helicopter crashing you know right um you know that Brian Williams right well let's compare and contrast now Brian Williams and Hillary Clinton and all the 
this other stuff, okay? That's what we're going to do on the other side of the break. We'll also do a little ditty, a little ditty on brilliance. Yes, more brilliance from Obamacare architect Gruber. Oh, yeah. He has more stuff that's, you know, it comes out in dribs and drabs, my friends. So you got to take it where you get it, okay? So, you know, more brilliance from him. And what's the latest brilliance? That we should tax people based on their weight. Yeah. Oh, that that's, that's going to go over like a lead balloon. Uh-huh. Right. Uh-huh. Now, there are countries that do incentives for losing weight, but not taxing people based on weight. You know? uh, we'll, we'll get into that on the other side of the break, along with um, um, news about the repeal of Obamacare. You really need to hear and understand this, because I'm sure you probably heard it in the lamestream media, but you haven't heard the rest of the story. So you're listening to the Constitutional Crusader Show on the American Voice Radio Network. Don't you go anywhere. We'll be right back. in this world are more important than clean, pure water. Understanding this, ABR makes four tabletop water distillers available to you for purchase. First, we have the five and a half hour per gallon with polycarbonate collection jug for $139. The second is a five and a half hour per gallon with glass collection jug for $189. The third is a three and a half hour per gallon with polycarbonate collection jug for $189. And our premier tabletop distiller is a three and a half hour per gallon with glass collection jug for $250. All our distillers have a stainless steel boiling pot, dome, and cooling tubes. And the premier version also has a splash flap to protect against contamination of the cooling tubes. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com for more information and protect your water supply. Countries have denied Internet access for their people during civil strife. The FCC seized in-use commercial shortwave frequencies right after the September 11th attacks. No one communication system can be depended on to be there when you need information. You need choices. You need a KU band free-to-air satellite system from ABR. The ABR system includes a receiver, an LNB, and a 75-centimeter dish. All you need to get on your own is the coaxial cable. The system is delivered to your door for $149.99. That's right, delivered for $149.99. That's the shipping and the system, $149.99. Call 541 541- Two two five four six five nine. That's five four one two two five four six five nine. Or visit AmericanVoiceRadio.com and click Satellite System. Hello. 
studies have shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific. I'm your host, Emroy Ben Shadler, and as promised, I thought I'd let you know about how Brian Williams, you know, of conflate gate status, there we go, how he's getting shelved while Hillary Clinton gets a pass. Now, I just spent half an hour going over Billy's peccadillos, and yeah, I know, that's a bad pun, but what the heck. I can't resist it. Billy's peccadillos and Hillary, and and here we now have, in a related instance, Bill Willie, Brian Williams getting shelved while Hillary gets a pass, but for different reasons. So let's let's examine this now. As um, we've talked about those peccadillos of Bill. Well, while he was in the White House, he was often called the Teflon president. No? And those of us set on seeing his wife take a his old seat and, you know, set against it, and the Oval Office seemed bent on continuing that family tradition. You know, they, they, they really want it, you know? Well, the firestorm surrounding Brian Williams' suspension at NBC News isn't just an opportunity to examine his fabrication of both his experience in Iraq and in New Orleans after Hurricane Katrina, but should also resurrect questions about Hillary Clinton's own wartime fabrications, among others. And what's the difference between the two? In today's America, it's apparently a mortal sin for a newscaster to sensationalize his reporting. It's apparently not worth much time, examination, or outrage if an aspiring presidential nominee does the same. The Clinton fabrication was, in fact, even more devious, more calculated, and more disturbing than William's tall tale. The former Secretary of State's story about taking incoming fire in Bosnia during the 90s was a deliberate attempt during her first presidential run to bolster her foreign policy and militia bona fides. It was a lie, carefully cultivated as a political tactic, yet there has been little lamestream media discussion of the Clinton-Bosnia story while Williams is 
publicly crucified. Much is made about Hillary Clinton's likability, but the pattern of behavior we have witnessed during her public life is striking and should leave all Americans with serious questions, not only about her credibility, but her fitness to lead as well. In 2008, former CBS investigative reporters, Cheryl Atkinson, broke the story about the Clinton fabrication. She would later resign from CBS News, claiming deliberate attempts by the network of shelving stories that were critical of the B.O. administration. Let's not forget that CBS was also the network that used unreliable data to suggest that then-Governor George W. Bush was in fact AWOL from the Air National Guard back in 2000, shortly before the election. And during a radio interview in Philadelphia this week, Atkinson rightly questioned the complicity of not only Hillary and Williams, but others in the lies, stating, quote, when you're telling a tale that tall, there's so many people that know that it's not true, not the least of which is your own family. Certainly if the First Lady had been shot at in Bosnia, wouldn't it have made news at the time? Wouldn't the President of the United States, her husband, have known when she started telling this story? End quote. True. Staffers can be complicit in this type of behavior, but it's important to remember the fish rots from the head down. That's the case whether we're talking about a news organization or a politician. But the fault really lies in the people who let them get away with it. That would be us. Now, a Bill Clinton staffer was once asked, after they booted a ministerial-level official off his own aircraft in a foreign country against all semblance of protocol, how they felt they were able to act in such a brazen way. Uh, Well, the incident raised a bit of fury, but the staffer on the Clintons team brushed it off, stating simply that they'd gotten away with acting that way for decades, and they apparently expected to do the same for years to come. In other words, it's like, ah, no big deal. So they kick me off in the middle of nowhere where my life is in danger, you know, and I might not make it home alive. But, you know, it's just the way they've been acting for decades. And they're going to continue on. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's why Hillary thought she could tell people that she and the former president were broke after they left the White House. Like the Bosnia lie, it was a political calculation intended to convince Americans that someone who, together with her spouse, had a combined network worth of more than $50 million, hadn't driven a car in 20 years, that they could relate to the middle class. She obviously didn't think anyone would challenge her or be smart enough to look into her actual finances. Now, we could get into Whitewater and other issues dating back to the Clinton's time in Arkansas. But these two recent examples demonstrate the Clinton psyche. This isn't about 
pathological lying or pointless knee-jerk fabrication. The behavior appears to be an ingrained character trait, but unlike most pathological liars, Hillary's fabrications and sleight of hand are calculated to produce very specific benefits for her political ambitions. Hillary Clinton's credibility, I know, and all those three words together in one sentence, you know, really, I know. Anyway, but that her <clears throat> credibility deserves intense scrutiny, as do suspected fabrications by any would-be presidential candidate. The reason is simple. America needs leaders who are brave enough not just to tell the truth, but be honest and open about who they are and what they believe. The Bosnia fabrication, like the broke claim, speak to a cowardice and personal insecurity that should disqualify someone who wishes to be the leader of the free world. More troubling, they also speak to an ingrained belief held by too many in the political class that the American people are just too stupid to realize when they're being snowed. Now, if you have any questions about that, well, just go ask John McGruver. He'll tell you. Now, in the era if, of, you know, if you like your doctor, you can keep your doctor, you know, we cannot become numb to the falsehoods and fabrications of those who seek power and credibility. You know, the line that they're all liars anyway can't be our mantra as a nation if we want equality leadership and government that works. We don't put up with it when it comes to corporations, and if we want to instill more faith in the government charged with <clears throat> protecting our very freedom, well, we can't accept it from people who hold the <clears throat> public trust. All of us should be demanding the kind of honesty and answers from candidates that will engage more Americans in a process damaged by lack of political courage on both sides of the aisle. Now, Speaking of Gruber, as promised, more from Grubergate. Yes, tax people based on their weight. Newly unearthed publication from 2010 by Obamacare architect Jonathan Gruber, you know, he of stupidity of American voter fame, remember, finds him proposing a health care tax based on body weight. This is what he said. Ultimately, what may be needed to address the obesity problem are direct taxes on body weight. While it is hard to conceive of this approach being a common public policy tool in the near term, such taxation may be happening indirectly through health insurance surcharges. Currently, employers may charge up to 20% higher health insurance premiums for employees who fail to meet certain health-related standards, such as attaining a healthy BMI. The new health reform legislation increases this differential to 30%, with the possibility of rising to 50%. Results of programs that use different premiums pose direct financial penalties for obesity will bear watching in the future, end quote. Well, Gruber is hardly the first to suggest 
government action based on weight. But there are more attractive variations of the idea. For example, Dubai pays citizens a gram of gold for every 2.2 pounds they lose. The program paid out more than 700 grand worth of gold in 2013. So, you know, reward people. Uh, rewards work a heck of a lot better than <clears throat> punishments. Now, related to all of this, as promised, House votes 289 to 186 to fully repeal Obamacare. Now, why is this important? Listen up. The Republican-controlled House of Representatives voted to repeal Obamacare in its entirety. The comfortable margin, you know, 239 to 186, that's pretty comfortable, comes courtesy of the GOP's expanded majority following the 2014 election, in which the party won their largest advantage since the 1920s. Democrats and many in the media have ridiculed the GOP for bringing up yet another repeal vote, snarking about Groundhog Day and the 40-something, quote, failed, end quote, repeal efforts in recent years. Now, as Guy Benson, the guy who's writing this, says, he highlighted several flaws of this narrative over at Hot Air when he said, this line of thinking ignores three factors. One, the GOP campaigned hard against Obamacare last fall and won with a resounding midterm victory. Two, this latest vote represents the first chance for newly elected members to weigh in on Obamacare. Many are eager to fulfill a campaign promise by backing repeal and three, at least eight of those 40-plus supposedly Quixotic, you know, Don Quixote, you know, repeal votes actually succeeded dismantling parts of the law and reducing funding for it. Oh, and this time around, Republicans control the Senate, too. Speaking of the upper chamber, Ted Cruz has amassed 44 co-sponsors for his Senate companion bill, which Democrats are likely to filibuster, Surprise, surprise, surprise. And Republican leadership will need to decide whether to use budget tactic known as reconciliation. You know, that tactic that Democrats employed to bypass GOP opposition in passing the law to ensure that a repeal measure reaches the president's desk where it would be inevitably vetoed. Well, congressional Republicans have yet to coalesce around a single replacement plan to supplant Obamacare if it's ever fully uprooted. Well, it's worth noting that three rhinos joined the socialists in voting no. Here are their names. Gold, Capco, and Poliquin. P-O-L-I-Q-U-I-N. Poliquin. So, if those are people that you're familiar with, I thought you'd like to know that they joined with the socialists in voting no on that. Otherwise, instead of being 239, it would have been, you know, 241. 
or two, 242, excuse me, 242. No, they, they joined. Now, this is old news. This is very old news. But I'm bringing it up because, well, because of what's been happening recently. This is one of those compare and contrast things. So bear with me, my friends. This is news about the government cover-up of the bombings at the Oklahoma City Murrah building and related to today. The headline, where was America's outrage when this police officer was killed? America is at a crossroads. The recent trend of unarmed Americans of all ages, races, and sexes being killed by police officers is unsettling at best. Police unions have been intervening around the country to make sure that officers have not had to face trial for the myriad of needless and rash executions administered by these employees of the state. A predictable symptom of this imbalance of justice has been the rift created among everyday citizens. We've seen officers killed in the line of duty. Cops turn their backs on elected officials, and protesters filled the streets from coast to coast. Many defended the killers, excusing homicide because of the profession of the assailant. After all, these were officers that were Born to protect communities, not tear them apart. It was difficult for a portion of the population to comprehend that their country and those sworn to uphold its laws, that they're not infallible. A nation was outraged, and rightly so, when NYPD officers Weijin Liu and Rafael Ramos were killed while sitting idle in their patrol vehicle. These murders were in retaliation for the non-indictment against Daniel Patello, who, because of the badge that bestowed his breasts, was excused of drawing the final breasts of Eric Garner. Talking heads in the media viciously roared their scorn in the direction of protesters, casting blame on the many because of the actions of a few. This violence only strengthened the resolve of those who blindly support men in uniform, no matter what their actions. So, with all of that in mind, why is it then that the same who castigated activists after these senseless deaths has stayed silent regarding the killing of another police officer? Could it be that those who have pledged their incessant support to uniformed instruments of authority don't actually excuse their murderous behavior out of the same form of perverted respect for the badge, but instead these citizens fear the behemoth government that police represent? Now, who are we talking about? We're talking about Sergeant Terrence Yankee. Don't know who he was? Let me remind you. He was an Oklahoma City police officer. He was a first responder to the OKC bombing and an American hero. Officer Yankee, known to friends as Terry, saved the lives of at least eight people. 
people from the Alfred P. Murrah building on the morning of April 19, 1995. Terry was a few blocks away from Timothy McVeigh and the now infamous Ryder truck, which started the whole thing. The truck didn't do the damage. It was the explosives within the building, as we know. But, but anyway, Nicky rushed to the blast site and without regard for his own life, began pulling people from the rubble one by one. And instead of being showered with accolades by his government for his heroic efforts, Terrence was silenced for what he witnessed in the direct aftermath of one of the largest mass murders that the United States has ever seen. No one is quite sure what Terry actually observed in the Murrah building that April morning, but according to all indications, whatever it was he witnessed did not sync up with the official narrative released by the United States government. Officer Yankee began compiling evidence against the tale put out by federal officials and stored his findings in a storage facility outside of El Reno, Oklahoma. The data he was accumulating was also in direct contradiction to the facts being reported by media outlets worldwide. According to friends and family, Terry began being intimidated by federal authorities because of his personal pursuit for truth and the information which he possessed. He was being pressured to put an end to his independent investigation. His last known words were, quote, as soon as I shake these feds that are following me, I'll be back and we'll go to dinner, end quote. Back. The officer's body was found the next day in a field one mile from his abandoned vehicle. He was bound, repeatedly cut, strangulated, brutally tortured, and killed execution style with a single bullet that entered his right temple at a 45-degree angle, and no gun was found at the scene. I want that to sink in for just a second. I want that to sink into your brains there. Bound, repeatedly cut, strangulated, brutally tortured, killed execution style with a single bullet through the head at a 45-degree angle at the temple, and no gun at the scene. His official cause of death was suicide. Again, found, repeatedly cut, strangulated, tortured, and killed execution style at a 45-degree angle to the temple. No gun. Suicide. Right. Right. Officer Yankee's story deserves to be told. What did he know? What really happened that morning in Oklahoma City? Why was he silenced? If we truly respect the lives of police officers, maybe it's time we find out the answers to these questions. If not for Terry and his family, then do it for the future of everything you hold dear. Now, there's a video that goes along with this story, my friends. I strongly urge you to watch it. Very interesting. Okay. Now, 
long-term listeners of this show know that I don't have much love for most unions. I find most unions these days to be brute thugs. Well, this is another story of just how they are brute thugs, in that workers try to boot a union for the fourth time after a rigged election. Anti-union forces claim the UAW stuffed the ballot box. Yep, workers in Alabama are staging their fourth attempt to kick out the United Auto Workers out of their plant following claims that stuffed ballot boxes derailed their last votes. Employees at the NTN Bauer Corporation, a ball bearing manufacturer, have unsuccessfully tried to boot the labor giant out of their factory for two years. Workers voted to decertify the UAW in an earlier election, but an Obama-appointed National Labor Relations Board, NLRB, panel throughout the election. So another election was held in January of this year. The UAW prevailed, but it was later revealed that 148 ballots were cast. Now, why is that a big deal? Well, 148 ballots were cast, but there were only 140 workers in the entire workforce. Uh-huh. Well, the employees convinced the NLRB to throw out that results with help of the National Right to Work Foundation, of course. Quote, this is a good example of a rigged election characterized by obvious ballot box stuffing and mishandling of ballots, end quote. Mark Nix, president of the National Right to Work, said in a statement, Local 1990, of course, didn't respond to the Washington Free Beacon's request for comment. Of course not. Um, Anthony Rydell, spokesman for the National Right to Work, said, Even with right to work, the workers have to accept the union's exclusive bargaining power over the unit, end quote. Well, they've held three elections including two NLRB votes to determine whether or not to remain in the union since 2013. Alabama's right to work state does not allow forced unionization. NTN Bowers employs 140 workers, as I said earlier, at the factory who are union eligible, but only 76 pay union dues to local 990, according to 2013 federal filings. Well, anyway, the article goes in to talk about where the UAW spends this money. Like most union activities, not spent for the benefit of those paying the dues. No. Spent elsewhere. You're listening to the Constitutional Crusader Show on the American Voice Radio Network. Don't you go anywhere. We will be right back.
Food prices have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971, when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family. running out, jobs leaving the country. Many people cannot afford to eat or keep a roof over their head. Too many can do neither. Messiah's Branch has a mission church in Wichita, Kansas that helps the victims of this banker's economy, the American people. Your neighbors, the mission is the last hope for so many Americans. We need your help to lift up the poorest of the poor. These are men, women, and children who once had homes, now in the street. They all need what you need. First aid, beds, food, clothing, and so on. You can send a monetary gift or a box of necessities to 230 West 4th Street, Florence, Kansas, 66851. Or donate online by going to Wichita Homeless. Or simply call 316-619-4886. Studies have shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulphur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific. Warning. If you're here to feel good about government, if you believe that people in office actually care about your well-being... If you believe that statutes and codes are God's gift to man, this show is not for you. If you believe NBC, CNN, Faux News, and the like actually report real news, this show is not for you. This is a proper place where those beliefs need disposal of. So if you decide to stick around, this show will not be responsible for your mental instability. If you're brave enough to call in, this is your warning. 
Yeah, best bring facts to the discussion. And welcome back to the Constitutional Crusader Show on the American Voice Radio Network. I'm your host, Emroy Ben Shadler. Today is still Monday, February 16th. 2015. If you're just joining in this hour, I really apologize for last week. Uh, we had a power outage in this town that not only affected this town, but uh, three other big towns uh, near us um, and just left the entire area without power. Uh, us, we were without power for oh, uh, almost 10 hours. Uh, until about five minutes before the show was supposed to start. And, of course, without power, I can't run the computer, and I can't use the Internet without power, and, and I can't use the, the Skype on the Internet because without the power, it's not there. So, oh, well, uh, sorry, I, I couldn't uh, be with you here. So, anyway, I've got a whole bunch of stuff to, this week because of that, and We'll try and get to as much of it as possible. If you'd like to join us, it's real simple. You go to www.theamericanvoice.com, find the appropriate number for your situation and use it, or you may send an instant message via Yahoo Messenger. The idea is the same as it's been for longer than we've been on this network, which is KC7AQK. Okay. That being said... Um, a little blast from the past, my friends, and the reason that this is coming up again is because she is using her mega millions to try and erase this from the Internet because she doesn't like that it's going around. So the original link that I had for this, well, I couldn't find it at that original link, so I had to go searching for it again. But no worries, because it didn't take me very long to find Five alternative sites where it's also linked in, and the more she tries to cover it up, well, the more it seems to promulgate, which is the good thing. And what is it? It's Oprah and her statement that racism will end when all old white people die. Mm hmm. Now, if you don't think that old white people should die, well, then you're a racist. Because what could be more racist than planning a post-racial utopia that depends on people <clears throat> of a certain race dying? This is the link, or this video here, has the following statement in it. In the particular version on this particular website, the... It starts at uh, the 3 minute 14 sec section. Uh, it says, quote, this is Oprah speaking, quote, there are still generations of people, older people, who are born and bred and marionated in it, in that prejudice and racism, and they just have to die, end quote. Now, I like the emphasis with which she as if she expects a whole bunch of people to jump into action and carry out her wishes, just like they do every day at Harpo Productions. You see, it's not even a wish. It's an order. And also there's the whole business about people only hating Obama because he's black, and not because of anything he did during his time in office. Uh-huh, yeah, there we go. Ugh. Uh, I need my best Gomer pile here again. We got it. Here it is. 
surprise, surprise, surprise. I know I don't do Homer Pyle very well, but you know what I'm talking about. Dable David Axelrod claims President B.O. Oh, my goodness, wasn't honest about his support for gay marriage in the 2008 campaign. I got to do it again. Surprise, surprise, surprise. Dio wasn't honest. Who would have thunk it? Yep. Former political strategist David Axelrod claims in his new book, Believer, My 40 Years in Politics, that during President Bio's 2008 campaign, well, he lied about his stance on gay marriage. In the book, Axelrod claims that Obama actually supported gay marriage from the start. But while he was campaigning, his team thought it best for him to oppose gay marriage and back civil unions instead. After an event during his campaign, however, Bo allegedly made clear to Axelrod his true feelings on the issue. Quote, this is a quote from Bo. Don't complain about the language. This is your president speaking here. Quote, I'm just not very good at bullshitting, end quote. That's what Obama told Axelrod after publicly stating that he opposed same-sex marriage at the federal level. Axelrod explains that he actually helped convince B.O. to conceal his true beliefs on gay marriage because at the time, many more people were against it rather than for it. Now, actually, this is making the implication that that has changed. The thing is, it hasn't changed. What has changed is people's perception on whether it has changed or not. Because of the constant harping, the constant push by the lamestream media, more people believe that it has changed. But if you just ask them the question and then rightly take down the numbers, it hasn't changed. Are you are you getting what I'm saying, my friends? People think that it's changed only because the lamestream media tells them that it has. But when asked whether they feel and how they feel, and they give their responses, and you tally it up, well, it hasn't changed. But they don't report that. They don't report that. So, Opposition to gay marriage, Axelrod writes and says, opposition to gay marriage was particularly strong in the black church. And as he ran for higher office, he grudgingly accepted the counsel of more pragmatic folks like me, David Axelrod is speaking, and modified his position to support civil unions rather than marriage, which he would term a sacred union. That's what Axelrod said. So... That's what we have. Like I say, surprise, surprise, surprise. Changed his stance. Of course, as I reported a couple of weeks to you, ago to you, my friends, he's come out, B.O., that is, has come out and said, 
Well, you know, homosexuality is just a lifestyle choice. Yet, you didn't hear homosexual activists expressing outrage over B.O. stating it's just a lifestyle choice when they're like, oh, but you're born that way. Uh, well, G.B.O. says it's just a lifestyle choice. Which is it? You know, which is it? Hmm. Just, just, just asking. Okay, links of interest because of last week not being here. I didn't want to throw away things. Well, that leaves us with 43 links of interest. Let's see how many we can get through. First one, 43. Now, I live here in Oregon. I've known about Oregon laws and statutes for a long time. And the most disturbing thing about this article is the judge's attitude. And if I was in charge, I would have him removed after hearing this statement as he's unqualified to be a judge. Here's what he said, the judge said, quote, from a legal point of view, which unfortunately today is my job to enforce, he didn't do anything wrong, end quote. And he acquitted the guy. Now, did you catch that? Unfortunately, the law is my job to enforce, and I must let him go because he didn't do anything against the law. Think about that slippery slope for a second. Just think about it. Fortunately, the law is my job to enforce, and I must let him go because he didn't do anything against the law. That's essentially what he said. Now, what's the story? The story is about an Oregon man who took upskirt pictures of an unknowing 13-year-old girl. And the law says there's nothing against the law for doing it. And the judge says, I have to go by the law. Don't like the law. Do something about the law. But don't corrupt your position as judge. You see, activist judges go both ways, my friends. You don't want activist justice, judges you need them to stick with the issues at hand and not make statements like this. Because statements like this allow the twisting the other direction, too. Something to think about, okay? 42. More and more states are starting to assert their authority over federal behemoth as Montana is posing a bill to block federal gun control measures, and it passes 12 to 9. Number 41, read the response in this story from the sheriff, and good for him, where DHS secretary threatens U.S. sheriffs that Obama will cut off their grants if Congress does not fund amnesty. The sheriff here in charge uh, had a pretty good response. 39 and 40. More on our now retiring, forced into resignation, Governor Kitzhopper. Two stories on him. Yes, it's kind of now an after-the-fact thing, but still, to set up why it's happening, it's important to read these. Because you'll see how the wheel turns, my friends. 
38. It's amazing how many of my so-called conservative friends think that mandatory vaccination is a good idea. What's the story? Rand Paul writing that mandatory vaccines are a first step to martial law. Yet, like I say, so many of my conservative friends think that it's a good idea. They just don't see it. I'm like, excuse me, do you see where this leads to? And I tell them where it leads to, and they're like, oh, I'm just being overreactionary. Ow. 37. Of course, this guy's going to have some common sense. After all, he lived through it. Who am I talking about? Columbine survivor turned lawmaker pushes to arm teachers for safety, of course. 36. Got a question. New York PD wants a high-tech anti-terror with a group with high-powered weapons um, uh, to man protests. Yes. High-tech anti-terror group to man protest. Well, I got a question. What could possibly go wrong? Hmm? Just, just ask it. 34 and 35 related. Al Sharpton, every, not just some, every Al Sharpton business has been shut down on one jurisdictional issue, and you know what that is? Failing to pay taxes. And related, people jailed for owing less taxes than Al Sharpton and the examples of them. Number 33, read the article before you have a knee-jerk reaction. The headline, Teen Sexting Legislation fails in Florida. Like I say, read it before you have a knee-jerk reaction. Number 32, fourth grader suspended over Lord of the Rings. Yep, he pretended to have the Ring of Power. Oh, oh my God. Oh, yeah, he's got to be suspended because he had the Ring of Power. Oh, my goodness. system for you. Number 31, more on the insane war on drugs, about busted over 60 cents worth of pot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Number 30, one of those stories that just makes me shake my head and go, WTF? Parents outraged, school poop inspections. And it's actually worse than it sounds. Like I said, I just shake my head. WTF. 29. I've had the feeling, based upon years of following stories like this, that nothing substantial will happen to him. Who's the him? Well, it's the Glendale Police uh, Department officer who leaves a child at home unsupervised leaves that child home alone while he goes to have sex with a 16-year-old girl. Like I said, I 
based on my observation. I don't think anything substantial will happen to him. At 28, Kansas could become the next constitutional carry state. Woohoo! We'll see. Let's keep watching. 27, parents who left kids in a cold car, 38 degrees, could go to jail for 10 years. Now, Christopher Lucas and Jenny Chang, well, they did something stupid, but not abusive. But they're possibly going to go to jail for 10 years. 21 through 26. You know, i got to just chuckle. Nothing like a little swine flu to inoculate the neighborhood from jihadists. Yes, i got a video here about a pig farmer and what he did when his new Muslim neighbors asked him to move. And it wasn't very politically correct, no. And then next, religion of peace? Well, tell that to the parents of the dead daughter of the Muslim man who slayed his pregnant girlfriend by stabbing her in the belly until she died. More on the religion of peace. Read this to see how everyone attending this conference wants what their books say they should want. Yes, a Norway Islamic leader says, finds that every Muslim wants a death penalty for homosexuals, among other things. And next, funding problems for the religion of peace? Gee, they just can't trust Egyptian recruits. But they're the ones who can read. Anyway, uh, Egyptian man steals ISIS Zaktak funds, you know, something like several million, uh, the equivalent of several million dollars worth, you know. Next, war on women much? Mm-hmm. Newly translated ISIS manifesto provides a glimpse into life of jihadist brides. Mm. And finally, some news on the Chapel Hill shootings. But to put it in context, remember that Muslim woman who brought up the racist charge against the Heritage Foundation and the wonderful response by Bridget Gabriel of the panel there? Well, it later turned out, as I reported on this show, that the one asking the question, that Muslim woman, had terrorist ties. So it was a very loaded question. And, of course, Bridget Chap Gabriel and others said if they had known her background and her relationship with people, they would have uh, treated her question much differently. But they didn't, so they answered it very straightforward. But now... We have found out who the father is and was of the girls killed in Chapel Hills. And you've probably not heard about this and probably never will hear about it from the lamestream media. And it's what the media isn't telling you about that father of the Chapel Hill shooting victims. Mm -hmm. Number 20. More sad news about sweet cakes by Melissa and the gay wedding cake debacle. <sighs> you know, I just, again, I shake my head. Number 19, gee, they voted on it, and then they're surprised when it does what they're told it would do. Yep, liberals are surprised when a beloved bookstore closes due to minimum wage hikes. Uh-huh. Number 18, you know, this sort of sounds like Cattlegate. Remember from Hitlery? No. It's where she made, you don't remember? Well, it's where she made a hundred grand from a ten grand investment. Well, the headline is 
don't give your money to Clinton's son-in-law, Mark Mavensky. Yeah, because it sounds so much like Cattlegate. Number 17, not all roses, and this is what taxes mean. Tom Brady faces a $60,500 IRS, $60, IRS bill just for winning the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what taxes are, my friends. It's a good point. Number 16, Obama rejects Jordan's request for drones to help fight ISIS, but of course he does. 15, police state much? Forced blood draw for a misdemeanor offense if it shows up, which by the lawsuit, it didn't show up, but she still had the forced blood draw. It's not a pretty video to watch, my friends. Number 14, more from the senator for New York that claims he represents Oregon. He's doing it again. Yep, Blue Manure wants to introduce a bill to study how to tax people. Yeah, because we're not being taxed enough, according to him. Number 13, students who are opposed to the LGBT agenda are shamed in the classroom. It seems that one can only have an opinion if it's in agreement with them. That's it. Number 12, climate gate, Ryan Williams style. Yeah, Telegraph is reporting the adjusted temperature data, the biggest science scandal ever. Now, of course, places like Media Matters and other places say, oh, this is not a scandal. It's not a scandal. Of course, this is the way we do scientific reporting. Really? Since when? Hmm. Number 12, a bow hunter receives death threats for teaching kids, well, how to be responsible. Yeah, and for that, he's receiving death threats. Number 11, we have Florida father who's protesting Islamic lessons in school, and the problem is is that what they're teaching, I read, indoctrinating, is the revisionist history. That's the problem right there. Number 10, Elizabeth Warren won't back Rand Paul's audit the Fed bill. She's a populist hero? I don't think so. Number 9, Federal judge strikes down federal interstate handgun transfer ban. Woo-hoo! Major victory for Second Amendment proponents. Yep. Number eight, you know it's bad if you are a union and the demon rats are against you. Yep. Even Democrats are hating on public sector unions. Number seven, more climate gate. And in this article, I love the comparison of Stalin and the Greenies. It's great, my friends. I was really looking forward to spending more time with it last week on you with this. Number six, a commentary video on Obama to military brass. Will you fire on American citizens? And I love the tagline at the end of this long article where it says, no party or entity depicted in this broadcast advocates insurrection against the government of the United States of America. It's sort of like my disclaimer I do on the first Monday of each month, my friends. Number five, the smear on Scott Walker. Yeah, uh, 
Donald Trump on the MSM investigation in Scott Walker's college as a double standard, of course. Number four, police safety, my ass. It's not about police safety. It's all about revenue lost, and it's the war against ways in Florida and how the police are putting false information into it to to supposedly keep police safe. Right. Number three, I've talked about this before, and those that are skeptics tend to be more intelligent. Well, here's another story just showing that, that warming skeptics know more about client science than believers do. And number two, more Focahontas news, Elizabeth Warren and her phony champion of the middle class. And finally, number one, you know, this is a good article, but I also like the article I read in Forbes magazine that said there was a time in this country that when a person had served their time and had lived lawfully through their probation, well, that their record would automatically become sealed. In other words, they would become a citizen again. Well, anyway, my friends, this is an article about how Senator Ron Paul has introduced a bipartisan bill to restore voting rights to ex-criminals. Go figure. You know, what do you say? Anyway, well, you're listening to the Constitutional Crusader Show on the American Voice Radio Network. When we come back, we will have our Roy's School of Guerrilla Lawfare, so don't you go anywhere. in this world are more important than clean, pure water. Understanding this, ABR makes four tabletop water distillers available to you for purchase. First, we have the five and a half hour per gallon with polycarbonate collection jug for $139. The second is a five and a half hour per gallon with glass collection jug for $189. The third is a three and a half hour per gallon with polycarbonate collection jug for $189. And our premier tabletop distiller is a three and a half hour per gallon with glass collection jug for $250. All our distillers have a stainless steel boiling pot, dome, and cooling tubes. And the premier version also has a splash flap to protect against contamination of the cooling tubes. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com for more information and protect your water supply. Countries have denied Internet access for their people during civil strife. The FCC seized in-use commercial shortwave frequencies right after the September 11th attacks. No one communication system can be depended on to be there when you need information. You need choices. 
you need a KU band free to air satellite system from ABR. The ABR system includes a receiver, an LNB, and a 75 centimeter dish. All you need to get on your own is the coaxial cable. The system is delivered to your door for $149.99. That's right, delivered for $149.99. That's the shipping and the system, $149.99. Call 541-225-4659. That's 541-225-4659. Or visit AmericanVoiceRadio.com and click the satellite system. Studies have shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific. Constitutional Crusaders show on the American Voice Radio Network. I'm your host, M. Roy Ben Shadler, constitutional counselor and still all around, pain in the rear end to bureaucrats and petty thugs all over. Why? Well, because I do things like this. Critical thinking segment. I don't know if you heard about it or not, but uh, a couple of days ago on Twitter, there was a hashtag campaign that was introduced by the White House. The hashtag was, you know, hashtag I love Obama. Well, there was a liberal smackdown that was a result, and I just want to share one of the responses, one of the responses to the hashtag I love Obama on Twitter shows a picture of Bill Ayers with a quote from him, quote, kill all the rich people, break up their cars and apartments, bring the revolution home, kill your parents, end quote. So, the hashtag to go with that picture, I love Obama, that's why I helped him start his campaign to become president. Signed, Bill Ayers. There's your critical thinking for you, my friends. Okay, now it's time for the Roy's School of Guerrilla Lawfare. That's L-A-W for Learn and Win Through a Better Education. We turn off the phones, we turn off the instant messages, and we, we try and focus on something that is important enough to really spend some in-depth analysis on. And this week, I want to spend some in-depth analysis and investigation into the subject of Bullies and bullying. Yeah. But it's probably not what you think I'm going to talk about. Headline. Man claims he was kidnapped and assaulted by same cop 
who beat and harassed him in high school as another student. Uh-huh. Dateline, Silmar, California. John Flores IV was driving to work early on the morning of January 20th when he alleges he was pulled over by an LAPD vehicle. He says he was then kidnapped and assaulted. Flores alleges that it was the same LASPD, Los Angeles School Police Department officer, that had previously filed a civil suit against over multiple attacks during his freshman year in high school. When Flores was pulled over on the 20th, he explains that he was instructed to lay on the hood of his car by LASPD officer Amir Zaret, who he immediately recognized. He also explained that he was then handcuffed and arrested without any explanation. Quote, he didn't tell me I was under arrest, Flores told the San Fernando Sun. Zaret allegedly didn't ask for Flores' license or registration either. There was another officer in the vehicle with Zaret, but Flores never saw the officer's face, and he was allegedly put in the back seat of the police cruiser and was told, we're going to go for a ride. Flores then claims that the officers drove a short distance away before Zaret yanked him out of the vehicle and rammed his baton into Flores' stomach, knocking the wind out of him. He says the officer then put him back in the vehicle and told him that, quote, he knows my dad takes my mom to work at 5 a.m., end quote. He was never charged with a crime, nor was he ever arrested. Upon arriving back at his vehicle, Flores called his father for help. His father immediately called 911, and a dispatcher told him another officer would be dispatched to the location. No officer ever showed up. Mm -hmm. His father reportedly received a phone call approximately a half an hour later from a supervisor stating that no officers would be going to the location for fear of an ambush. Now stop for a minute, my friend, and let's dissect this a little bit. We have a guy who works as a Los Angeles school police department officer who's harassed this young man since he was a freshman in high school. He's never been arrested for anything, just harassed since he was a freshman in high school. He still hasn't been arrested for anything, just harassed, and now he's taken by a LAPD officer, but this LA school police officer that's been doing this harassing is the one that's handcuffing him, throwing him in the back of the car, taking him elsewhere, beating him with a baton, and then threatening that, well, I know your dad takes your mom to work at 5 a.m., and when the police are called, hey, we got a problem here. They're told, oh, I'm not going to come because we're fearing an ambush. Hmm. Hmm. 
my friends. The police are fearful of an ambush. Wow. Now, why is this important? Very good question. It's important because, as I have said to you in the past, because of the decisions of the Supreme Court, Police departments are only required, and not only only required, but encouraged to only hire from the bottom 50% of the IQ pool. In fact, not only encouraged, but being told, police departments are told, only hire from the bottom half of the IQ pool because anyone in the upper half of the IQ pool will become bored and likely not to follow orders blindly. We also read and hear that bullies, the high school bully, the middle school bully, the grade school bully, those are the ones most likely to be in that bottom half of the IQ pool and therefore are the ones most likely to be hired. And what is it, my friends, that a bully fears above anything else being confronted by someone who's stronger or more motivated than they are. And here we have it. We won't be going to this location because we fear an ambush. Aha. No ambush was suggested. No, None was given at all. But that's what they come back. We fear and am, an ambush. Well, undeterred, Flores and his father went to the LAPD mission station to report the incident, but were allegedly not allowed to file a proper police report. Flores and his father said that they gave an account of what happened to an officer at the front desk who wrote it out on a piece of paper which the father signed. He was not given a report number or any further assistance. Again, Gomer Pyle. Surprise, surprise, surprise. His father then took Flores to the emergency room where doctors found contusions on his stomach and a bruise on his liver. Neither the family nor the San Fernando Sun has received a response from the LASPD in regards to this most recent incident. If all of that isn't ominous enough, the connection between Flores and this officer goes back to when Flores was only a freshman in high school. His father told the son that it all began after Zaret threw his son against a fence for no reason. The angry father confronted the officer, but three weeks later, Flores said he was assaulted again. The next time Flores was having his head bashed into the wall of an empty ladies' room at his school, the harassment reportedly continued from there. The Los Angeles Unified School District conduct, conducted an investigation. Oh, they conducted an investigation. 
wow, they conducted an investigation. And what did they find? They conducted into the incident, and they decided that Zareth had done nothing wrong. Again. Surprise, surprise, surprise. What we have going on, my friends? Well, the family ultimately decided to transfer their son to other schools twice, but say they still couldn't escape from this officer's persistent bullying, claiming the officer seemed to find him no matter where he went. The family filed an 11-count civil lawsuit against the officer, the district, and the LASPD, but ended up losing their case. Again, surprise, surprise, surprise. They are now fearful of further retaliation and are seeking witnesses who may have seen the incident on January 20th between 7.30 and 8 a.m. along Laurel Canyon Boulevard just before it intersects Hubbard Street. And they ask that if you or if you know someone who may have witnessed anything to contact the San Fernando Valley Sun El Sol paper at 818-365-3111, extension 150, or email editor at sanfernandosun.com. Laura said, quote, I'm being oppressed by the oppressor, end quote. His father said, my wife is being followed. I see cop cars by the house all the time. It sounds outrageous, but that's what's happening. Laura said, if he does this to me, what's he going to do to my daughter? I'm just as scared. My wife drives the same car. What if she's driving and this happens again? Well, he concluded by saying, Zaret is crazy in the head, and he won't stop until I'm dead. There you go, my friends. This, this, my friends, is the mentality that we're having out there. And there was a dozen other articles along this same line that I could have shared with the same point. But like the other article about the officer in the Oklahoma City bombings, that here's a guy who investigates and actually wants to do the right thing, and what's his reward? He's bound, gagged, tortured, cut up, shot in the temple, and no gun found, and it's labeled a suicide. That's his reward for wanting to actually do an investigation. But a thug can harass and beat someone up at will, and they're afraid to go and render assistance because there might be an ambush. But where's this, this sort of thing? As long as these sorts of things, plural, as long as these sorts of things happen, do you think there's going to be 
any kind of bond of trust or relationship happening between citizens and the police? Absolutely not. It's not going to happen. And, of course, there's going to be those types out there. We see them all the time that will go, well, look at you, Roy. What are you doing? You're just fanning them along, fanning the flames, pouring gasoline on them. Well, if reporting to you what's going on and telling you ways that you can help prevent these things from happening to you is fanning the flames, well, then the people saying that are even more ignorant than the police officers are. So, what are ways that you can help prevent these? Well, I'll remind you, my friends, or for those of you that are new listeners, you might not have heard these sort of ideas before, but you carry around a smartphone that has video capabilities and has internet connectivity, my friends, why haven't you gotten apps? There are free apps, and there's some apps that you pay a little bit for, not a lot, but apps that will silently activate when you tell it to, silently activate either the camera and or the video, and constantly stream it to a remote location. Now, why is that important? Well, it's important because when you're dealing with these thugs, when they notice that you're recording them and all of a sudden realize that you're actually capturing in video format how they are violating the law, they tend to try and take the camera away from you and destroy the evidence with them even going so far as saying, oh, oh, here it is, we'll just erase it, and then that's where all of a sudden the video recording ends. But the reason that we know about it is because, well, the people that took these did what I was just talking about, served it up to a remote site. So the video stopped when they shut it off and erased it. But they only erased it on the phone not at the remote site. You see, these are things you can do. Another thing you can do is with your car. Yeah, it'll cost you a little bit of money, but if you have a higher-end car or you're in a situation where you have been harassed and you're expecting to be harassed more, well, it's worth investigating, uh, investing in. And that is, first, you get a steel locked box, one that can be locked with a hasp and padlock, okay, and weld it down to the in the trunk, and into it are the lead lines to a DVR-type situation, and you have multiple cameras covering the car from every corner and angle. This is a Especially good, my friends, if you're running into drug-sniffing dogs so that you can catch the owner giving the signal for the dog to alert, which they will often do when they are out of sight of their own camera. They know where their camera is so that 
they'll do it when they're out of sight of that camera and say, well, look, he's alerting. Yeah, well, he's alerting because you gave the signal. You have yours. And when they find that locked box securely in the locked trunk, which is obviously outside the ability of the driver or passenger to have access to when they're sitting in the car. Well, see, that's something now. They can do a search of the car and say, well, we need to search for contraband. We need to search uh, for our safety. Well, they open up the trunk and now find a locked box inside the trunk. Now to access that locked box... That requires a warrant. If they break the lock anyway, well, they needed a warrant to break the lock. And if they didn't have the warrant, now you can nail them. Of course, still at the same time, my friends, the unit should be set up so that it's connected to a cell phone and, again, streaming it to a remote location. Now, obviously, you're going to want something like this that's recording all the time on a DVR style, and just keeps recording, say, 10, 16 hours, and then when it reaches the end of the 10 or 16 hours, just loops around to the beginning and just continues recording 10, 16 hours whenever the car is, you know, occupied, running, etc. Uh-oh. Hello? Are we there? Uh, I think we're still here. Uh, 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 my phone's ringing. I don't know what the hell that's all about, but uh, I think we're still on the air. Anyway, where was I? Um, phone ringing here. I don't know. Anyway, just hit the end on it, please. Hit the end. There we go. Thank you. What that is, my friends, is see, I've got not only Skype on the computer, but I've got... Um, a Skype handset, and Skype sometimes allows multiple calls. So if someone's calling, like right now, calling that, hand it to me, please. I can read it better than you can. Hand it to me, please. Thank you. What's it say here? Okay, we're going to reject this. Okay, there. Um, I know who that was. I'll call them back later. Um, there. Uh, sorry about that. Because uh, I can't do two calls at the same time, okay? Sorry, can't do the show and do another call at the same time. It just doesn't work that way. Anyway, where was I? Um, oh, yes. So, like I say, protect yourself. Various ways to protect yourself. And when you do these things, and it's amazing, my friends, you can go onto YouTube. You can find videos of people that do these sort of things and regularly record the cops and talk about how their attitude changes, the cops' attitude changes, so drastically when they all of a sudden find out, smile, you're on candid camera. All of a sudden, their attitude visibly changes. It's just amazing. There's also videos out there, my friends, of people that especially like Dewey checkpoints that have learned what the law is and create a I-don't-want-to-talk-to-you package, which is just their driver's license and a statement saying, 
I'm asserting my right not to speak. I will obey all lawful orders, but I'm only required to show you, not give you, the driver's license. And here it is in a plastic bag, and they put it all in a plastic bag, hanging it from a string that they, when they come up to the Dewey checkpoint, they just roll the window down enough to slip the plastic bag out and then roll the window back up again, and it's just hanging by the string and out the window, and they then record the whole thing, and it's amazing to watch the look on the officers' faces as they, they pick it up and they read it and they look and they see they're being recorded and, and they read it and they all of a sudden they'll, they'll let go of the package and wave the person on. Goodbye. You know? Why? Because they know they don't have that authority, my friend. So, what am I saying? I'm saying know what the law is. Know what the limits of their authority is. And remember, above all else, the word authority in Black's Law Dictionary has a one-word definition. Permission. That's the definition of the word authority. That's it. In fact, I'm pulling it up right now. Authority. Uh, A, B, come on. A, R, A, R, come on. I'm pulling it up. Assume, a turn. Authority. Permission. Black's Law Dictionary. Fifth edition. Page 121. Now, in Black's Law Dictionary. First edition, it talks about contracts and authorities there in contracts and in government legal power a right to command the right uh, and power of the public officers to require obedience to orders lawfully issued what authority is well how's that lawfully issued done by permission permission of who you, my friends, that's the permission, because the cop has no more authority than they get from you. If you don't have the authority to beat up and detain people, then they don't have the authority. And simply because they're wearing a shiny badge on their chest doesn't give it unless, of course, you are breaking the law. So knowing what the law is better than they do, which isn't hard. Like I said, they were hiring from the bottom of the gene pool for crying out loud. How hard is it to know more than they do? Not at all. But doing it in a respectful manner, recording them, making sure they know they're being recorded, making sure they know that they're not only being recorded, but it's going to a remote location, so even if they do steal the camera from you, you still got the video. And then, of course, finally, making them YouTube stars. Putting it on YouTube so other people can see. And suing them. Probably won't get very far in the suing them. But the more people that sue, the more it comes up in the courts again and again and again and again, 
more the courts will start to go, you know, we've got to start letting some of these people win, which means some of these officers no longer stay on the force, which means new ones come in that maybe will get the word, don't act this way. What do you think? That wraps up this edition of the Constitutional Crusaders show. Until next week, my friends, unless the creek rises or they come and take me away again, fellow Americans. American Voice Radio Network is heard on Galaxy 19 at 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific.
flash flap to protect against contamination of the cooling tubes. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com for more information and protect your water supply. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.